<laughs> Yeehaw, chuckle fucks, we're hunting down some nomads. Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice podcast, episode number 12. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the toe jam to my Earl, Andrew Mitchell. Ooh, kicking it 1993 style, very nice. Well, you know, and the reason behind that is because later in this episode, we're going to talk about basses, and there's no better bass than that funky, funky duo. Oh, yeah. That game um... had a great soundtrack. They actually did a, uh, a remaster recently, like two years ago, maybe three at this point. Um, you can get it on Steam and I think every other console. I have no idea if it's any good because uh, that's an old damn game. I don't know if it holds up at all. <laughs> uh, I remember being really fun in the mid-90s. It, yeah, no, it's probably, you know, if you remember being a kid playing it on a, what was that, <laughs> Sega CD? Uh, I think it was on a Genesis. I, I believe I played Genesis, it on a Sega yeah. Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. Uh, I didn't actually know anybody who had a Genesis when oh, I was a was kid, awesome. though. Yeah, but I did have the one friend who had the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the N64. He had, all, like, all of the Nintendo stuff. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, my folks actually had the regular Nintendo. They, that was uh, what they bought themselves as a wedding present, like, when it came out. They nice. didn't go on a honeymoon. They bought a Nintendo. So I was raised as a nerd from a very young age. Oh, I was raised on a, a healthy diet of Star Trek and Star Wars. We didn't get a video game console till I was seven, but nice. I was still, I'm still pretty, pretty handily a nerd at this point. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say so. Podcast but, co-host uh, of a nerd podcast. Yeah, right. Who would have thought? But uh, <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by Nintendo, unfortunately. Maybe. However, oh, if it is sponsored by Grip and Rip. And I only got beer a little all over my hand that time. Look at you, you're getting better. What are yeah. we drinking, Andrew? Alrighty, what new monstrosity have, are you going to curse me with today? I have Kentucky Mud, a chocolate milk stout from Atlantucky and Arches Brewing. Okay, okay. It's a, I got it purely for the name. I was like, chocolate stout? Oh, Kentucky Mud. That's mine. So, oh, uh, Kentucky Mud butt brew. Um, it's distinctly okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm yeah. going with the... A semi-local brew out of Lawrenceville, Georgia. The uh, Iron Shield Half Corked Irish Style Red Ale. It's uh, a oh, whopping... Like red, ales. red ales are great, but it's a whopping 5.5%, so I'll probably have a couple of these tonight. Nice. Mine's a 65 or so, pretty pretty yeah. down the middle. Yeah, yeah we're kind of drinking I'm, water today. Now that I'm having a chance for it to sit, it's uh, it's not heavy on the stout, and there's only a light chocolate aftertaste. It's It's... It's kind of the most like distinctly average chocolate stout I think I've ever had, honestly. <laughs> Way to go, Kentucky Mud. <laughs> well, what do you expect, really? You get the you get the five out of ten. Way to go, guys. <laughs> oh man. So Andrew, it's uh this is actually probably one of the shorter turnarounds between our episodes, finally. We might yeah. actually be on a semi regular schedule. As long fingers as you crossed, know, uh, work doesn't one, explode me. Fingers crossed that this one also is not cursed. Oh, here's to hoping. So uh, what kind of hobby progress you done in the last two weeks? Hobby progress. Let me get my phone with my notes out. Two seconds. Oh, that's not on my notes. Oh, okay, okay. Here we go. you don't have to be prepared. It's fine. I was prepared, but my phone <laughs> uh, turned itself off, as it does when you don't uh, touch it for a while. So let me get a sip of my brew, and I will continue. There you go. Get a so, wet the palate. Wet my palate. Uh, so hobby progress. I got I got a pretty decent bit of stuff done. I uh, bought and built the Cruel Boys Warcry gang. 
mm-hmm. because there was uh, rumblings that we might be doing War Cry with our Necromunda group at some point. And the yeah, 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 you never know. Uh, we did have a couple no, of guys who aren't who aren't actually in the Necromunda group who are friends with some of the guys we play with. They they came and played War Cry while we played Necromunda, so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, I kept wandering so, over there to check it out. It was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, I don't know. The couple of games of War Cry I've played are actually was, uh, legitimately very solid. Yeah, but, they were playing uh, a Lumineth versus um, Deepkin, I think it was. Elfy Elf. Yeah. So flashlight elves versus sea elves. Yeah. Glow stick um, yeah, elves versus flashlight elves. Fun game, fun game. But um, I got that box specifically because uh, it had the exact models I wanted to get to finish off my current cruel boys list that i have in my head so I, I needed just 10 more gut rippers and three more bolt throwers and i was like oh well they're 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 all in that box it's perfect so <laughs> i got got all that now i got the rules for uh, war cry if we end up actually playing it and there nice. you go um i also got super lucky and you know doing that dumb thing that you do occasionally and you just kind of troll ebay and sometimes something good pops up well something did i managed to find a cruel boys slog off for uh, about 40 percent off of its normal price from games workshop which was nice. i was baffled by and i'm not going to question it and of course I, I bought it now um i have built that it is uh really creepy like it looks really creepy in the pictures but when you see it up close that is like it's like Gollum if he was 10 times bigger and it's awesome <laughs> Wait, so you got it new in box at 40% off? No, it was out of box, but it was, like, totally fine. There was nothing wrong with the actual plastic. It came with the instructions and everything. Had the base. It was, I don't know, maybe it was a going out of business sale or something. That's, uh, that's, huh. Usually when you find stuff that cheap on eBay, it's very secondhand or has a couple of stripped off coats of paint on it or a bunch of broken parts. Yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah, it was just totally brand new kit, just no box. It was an amazing buy. Um, so I got that done. Um, I also built painted or built and painted Clovis the Redeemer, Deacon Malakiv, and a Sumpcroc. Yeah, beautiful models. Oh, they're super fun. Um, Clovis, uh, now that I've done two boxes of uh, Redemptionists, he really doesn't feel super special. He just has a more dynamic pose. Um, but I really like Deacon Malakiv. That is some some proper creepy Warhammer servitor shit going on right creepy there. Creepy book it's... servitor dude, right? Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Uh, hey, you were you were the guy who, who, who tracked down all of my tortures and doings as a redemptionist for the Cawdor house. Uh, oh no, you died in the line of Dooney. Guess I'll cut your head off and put you on a robot and you can keep doing it for eternity. <laughs> yeah, no. It's... It's a really cool model, though. There's a, oh, a lot of little fiddly bits, though. He's got, um, like, a little robot arm on his back that he has a... He, uh, so he's part servitor, part uh, secretary, and part lectern. He has he has a, a flat area on his back that has an open book on it, and so he has a little robot arm that flips the pages on the book, and he has a little robot arm that has a magnifying glass on it, which <laughs> I have no idea where that magnifying glass is because I glued it on, walked out of the room, and came back, and it, like, just gently brushing the model it pinged off into oblivion magnifying glass is gone the glue just melted it oh dude i (laughs) I have no idea what happened to it which is fine because that thing would have been a pain to paint um but yeah he's got all kinds of cool little books and like bookmarks and ink quill inks ink pots and quills and all kinds of stuff hanging off of them very very characterful flavorful model he's just really creepy <laughs> and poor poor deacon malakiv when he died and they're like oh we gotta make him into a servitor uh let's make sure to keep his sagging cheeks and jowls on his face <laughs> there's no no part of him other than his face and they couldn't even like you know tuck that in or anything he's gotta and be recognizable man you give him a little make sure give, your friends recognize you give him a little dignity 
duty in death. He looks like fucking Droopy Dog, the servitor. <laughs> Only in death does duty end, or you become a servitor. Kind of a coin toss. Exactly. Um, and then I painted the Sump Croc, which was pretty is a pretty fun model. It's big. It comes on a 40 mil base. Yeah, it was a lot uh, larger than I thought it was going to be. It's it's a chunky boy. Um, I don't have a Goliath gang. It's just kind of a cool thing to have, so I'll probably keep it in my Necromunda box just for, like, uh, hive critter engagements because sometimes in the scenarios you're either chasing down critters or hunting critters or whatever, so it'll be a good stand-in for that. Um, and then after all my Necromunda stuff, I fully painted my Necromantic Horrors team for Blood Bowl. And that kit was a joy to paint I, I had so much fun it is such just a, a goofy hilarious little kit everything's it's so spirit of halloween everything's got a little pumpkin or a bat or something on it all their all the armor is shaped like coffins and stuff like that you have frankenstein monsters you have werewolves you have ghouls you have scarecrow zombies it's just so much fun i love that team and they're actually pretty good on the pitch as well uh werewolves yeah, that, are that pound frankenstein for- was horrifying yeah, and werewolves are pound for pound one of the best uh, speedy guys in the game. The only only problem is they're a little pricey once you actually get into like league rules and stuff. But they, if you can keep them alive, they get they get really good. But um, yeah, so I finished that fully based everything. They're ready for the pitch as soon as we're ready to play. And then after that, tonight, right before we finished, uh, or yeah, finished setting up to talk, I uh, I got two death dreads done. I'm back on my orc bullshit now that nice. I've knocked out some specialist stuff. I, I want to get all my mechanized junk out of the way because I've got after these two death dreads that I just finished, other than you know putting like uh, reflections on their lenses and stuff, the, the little really tiny detail stuff. I have two death dreads after that. A Gorkonaut, no, sorry, Morkonaut. I went with the more, uh, the one with the the custom Mega Blaster. Um, and my Stompa. Wait, so the Gorkonaut are... and the Morkonaut are actually different things? Yeah, the Gorkonaut's the one that has the really big Mega Gatla, and the uh, the Morkonaut is the one that comes with the custom Force Field and a custom Mega Blaster. I'm not gonna lie, I honestly thought they had the same exact kit on them. It was just which arm was which. Um, yeah, if you flip the arms and then the gun just becomes a different gun. They still both have the same claw and then... Uh, okay, the, the... alright, so I'm not totally crazy then. No, yeah, they're just built from the same box. And then the, uh, the Morkonaut has the, uh, the Whirly Gig custom force field thing on top of it. Okay. And they changed the rules to where a force doesn't have to be wholly within, uh, I think 12 inches of it, because that's borderline impossible with a blob of 30 boys. You just have to be within, not wholly. So it's actually useful, this edition. But even if it wasn't, it's just a really cool model. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't think so anybody that. buys uh, Gorkonauts and Morkonauts to be competitive, dude. I think that was just you. Oh, no, I never thought I would actually be competitive. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted a, a Dread Mob. Uh, and then I still have that Stompa, my, my big blue potato. He's... Uh, He's he's base coated. I just got to get to the point where I want to waste like two and a half containers of Agrax and Nuln oil to get him shaded. Uh, and then if I'm painting him exactly like my orc style, it really won't take super crazy long to finish him. Like it, it probably only really be like an extended weekend if I, if I just didn't hang out with anybody or do anything. I could probably finish him in a weekend. Um, so yeah, you know, I might just next next holiday I have, I might just sit down and crank out a Stompa, uh, and then I still have a bunch of boys and Defcoptas. But the end is in sight. I'm getting, I'm, I've made progress on my orcs. They're getting there, and then I have to just do Cruel Boys and a bunch of other specialist game stuff. But let's not get to that yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and according to my notes, that is all the hobby progress I have done since the last time we recorded. Nice, dude. That's, that's so still pretty you? pretty sizable for two weeks, though. That's not terrible. 
lot of that well, was stuff that was already kind of on the back burner and I would have been like half painted or something though. So, you know, it, it works in progress. There you go. Yeah. I, uh, I got a decent chunk done for the small amount of time I've actually had because of work. Um, see, I got, uh, that, the 20 zombies and 10 direwolves I picked up. I don't know if I talked about buying them on the last episode or not, but uh, I picked I those did, up. Yeah. Okay. I, I picked them up the day we recorded, so I couldn't remember if I talked about it or not, but, uh, I got 20 more zombies built which I think brings my grand total to 110, if I'm not mistaken. Get out that contrast paint. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got the direwolves built as well. That was a pretty fun kit to build. Those were neat. Um, got uh, have to Just have to base them up a little bit. Got all 20 of those zombies painted as well. I think I've kind of settled on my scheme for it. Uh, I'm doing uh, uh, Zenithal, and then I'm doing Death Guard Green Zenithal on it as well. And then doing right. a couple of skin tones over it, so it just is this really weird green putridy looking skin on it. But they don't just look like, you know, uh, the uh, what are the Nurgle Poxbringers? They don't just look like green Poxbringers. Hmm. See, so, that's what I did with my uh, my zombies from a Necromantic Horrors team. They're very oh, green. Yeah. They're they're super bright green. But I they're I was kind of going for the um, Return of the Living Dead zombie, the one that's yeah. just bizarrely green for no goddamn reason. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's that's the thing is I don't. I don't usually paint my armies bright colors. Like everything I do is always super muted. Well, and you're going for kind of a swampy theme, so yeah, it, exactly. it makes sense for your stuff to be toned down and muted. You're, yeah, and zombies lend themselves very well to the kind of grim, dark aesthetic. Yeah, so uh, I got all those guys painted up. They've all got their um, their uh, Sterling Battlemire on the base, but I haven't gone through and Nurgle's rotted them and put on my little details and grass tufts and all that yeah that's that's finishing touches with their victory lap that i tend to do then uh the the big one i did though was i finished putting all of the armor plates and painting the entire titanicus starter box of my side and uh got all that painted as the uh legio ignatium the fire wasp with the little honeycomb pattern and everything on a couple of them which oh boy that stencil does not work well with a brush. It gave me like a rough honeycomb outline, and then I went back in with uh, with Abaddon Black and actually retraced over the fucking honeycomb pattern on everything, Ooh. which yeah, was probably, a bit tedious. That's probably worth whipping out the old airbrush for if you're still in uh, working condition. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's 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 in perfectly fine condition. But I was like, ah, I'm just doing the honeycomb on two things. It'll be fine. Shouldn't be too <laughs> bad. It was bad. It was a mistake. Should have just got well, the airbrush. You- now no, you know for when we do the, uh, what, the Warmaster and the, all of the other Titans we're probably eventually going to have yeah, purchased by the end the of this Warlord, year. Uh, again, um, Nemesis, Nemesis Warbringer, yeah. the Direwolf when it comes out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's take the smallest Titan and put the biggest gun on it. It's so cool looking. It's I, I think it's kind of doofy, but in a very endearing yeah, way. Yeah, it's, it's doofy in a Warhammer way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also love how it's got such a small reactor, you're going to be constantly oh, redlining yeah. that thing every time you shoot. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Oh. Um, and uh, I got the Kill Team, not Octarius set, but their starter set, the Recruit Edition version of it, basically. Came the with the Orc Kill with... Team and the Krieg, and then the small barricade set and all the rules and stuff. Doesn't and doesn't come with the full terrain. Or yeah, anything. doesn't. I didn't quite realize just how much terrain was in that box. There's a lot. No, Holy like that was. Cow. Yeah, when I bought the full box when it came out, that's well worth the two hundred bucks just because of the two kill teams, the rules, the dice, the mm. templates, the the tokens, and a, a verifiable boatload of terrain. 
Yeah, I was I was stunned when I saw just how much full because you know we played with some of it. We did Titanicus, but we didn't break all of it out. Mm-mm. Which I thought that was everything that came in that box. Like, eh, it's not bad, I guess. But holy no, was, shit, that was about a about third of what it, came in the box. Third, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I used the biggest chunks, but we didn't use all the little stuff because there's a lot of like barricades and then like scaffolding type stuff and uh very large buildings and a few like small buildings and they all slot together so if you want to you can make them into a fortress it's awesome yeah it was really cool will and i were messing around with that like legos today oh it's it's great that's a fantastic kit i wish i wish more of the the uh 40k stuff was like modular and you could essentially Mm -hmm. lego them together well, that's kind of what they do with the second Mechanicus terrain, but they don't have clips for it to hook, which I really wish they did. A lot of people yes, just bore magnets into them, and that works perfectly fine. That stuff falls apart all the time if yes, you don't have does. a way of attaching it. Yeah. But anyway. But, uh, then, uh, yeah, but on the subject kill team, I uh, built the Kriegers out of it. I don't think I'm going to paint them up as Death Corps of Krieg. I think I'm going to paint them as uh, Armageddon Steel Legion. They're pretty similar. The gas mask is a bit different. But yeah, the really gas not... mask's a little different, but they're still wearing a big trench coat. They've still got a gas mask. They've still got helmets. Yeah. You can still get that, like, sandy ochre thing going on. Exactly. It'll look pretty similar, which is honestly what I was considering doing with my Kriegers for a long time until I decided on the Gene Stealer Colts. Yeah, I just, in in my, you know, my headcanon, as dumb as my headcanon is, uh, the Krieg, I don't see them as, like, a functioning kill team because they're just numbers and they're borderline suicidal. Like... Yeah, they want to die for the Emperor or die trying. Exactly. We're, like... The Steel Legion, like, it's the Orc Hunters and stuff like that, and they... Uh, I feel like they've got actual personality, so I think it'd be more fun to actually, you know, convert up some and really tool around with them. But I just built these as basically the basic hardened veteran Krieg kill team just to learn the game a little bit. Hmm. And then... What was the other thing I did? I did oh, uh, I built the... Uh, I built a pair of Bellicosa Volcano Cannons for Warlord Titans... And also built the shoulder-mounted paired Gatling blasters. Woohoo! So, and now so, I just got to assemble the Warlord. It's a bajillion pieces that I'm not super looking forward to. Yeah, it's it's not quite night-sized, but it's not far off, and it might actually have more pieces. Yeah, oh, and uh, I was going through some of my uh, my just random hobby stuff and realized that I have a uh, a store opening Primaris captain with power fist. I have the Black Library um, Eisenhorn model. I've, oh, Jesus, I'm just knocking a bunch of stuff on my desk. I've got the uh, Bala and Burke Boss Rat Killer model, and I've even got the Doom Marine Primary Space Marine. So, oh, nice. I'm going to end up having to build it. Oh, my God, there's another one up there that I don't even know what it is. It's on top of a shelf, and I'm not like, climbing that high. It's I, a good thing there's not a games workshop nearby otherwise i would probably have similar problems yeah i worked like near one half the time so oh yeah, yeah. but that's what i did with uh with my titanicus stuff is brian the the owner of the quote-unquote local gw to us which is about 45 minutes away um he wanted to see my titanicus stuff so i carried it up there and i got one of the fancy shiny new year new army pins that uh if you if you start a brand new army that year from their shop which my was from uh and carried in painted up then you get a Nice shiny little pin. So Ooh, very got nice. one of those. Also got the Necromunda coin uh, to give gave that to Phil. So when we run our Dominion campaign. We've actually yeah. got a cool trophy to pass back and forth. Yeah, that one's that's that's his. Uh, hey, thanks for making us two awesome terrain sets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that that Mortalis board he built, cool as shit. 
Oh yeah, no, he's knocking it out of the park. He says he's uh, <laughs> we we talked about it so much that he's uh, getting started on a blood bowl pitch now. Yeah, too, so, I'm really uh, excited about that one. Yeah, oh, and that's gonna... the only thing I did. I uh, I did the test scheme for my uh, Underdark Thunder Sharks. Oh which yeah, is, your scaven uh, team. Yeah. yeah, my my it's uh, blues, grays, and then uh, the helmet and the gloves are just super vibrant red. And there's a uh, warp green trim on the shoulder pads where I'll, and I'll put their numbers in that same green. So nice. To get a little, little is, color pop. That is one thing I do still have to do in my necromantic horrors is actually give them numbers and their, uh, their, their designations on their bases. Cause every, every team yeah. comes with a bunch of transfers and I, I'll be real. I have practically no transfer experience, so it's going to yeah, be a thing. Uh, I'm honestly probably just going to use my printer and print off the little base name things and do that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I know if you get Microset and Microsoul, it's supposed to be like magic for transfers. I just don't feel like necessarily buying that. But if I end up I, actually, it's like it's only like six dollars for both of them. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, that's fair. I might just bite the bullet and do that then, because yeah. I do probably need to do some transfers on uh, some some Titanicus stuff as well. My knights mm-hmm. could probably deal with that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the Fire Wasp transfer sheet, and it's awesome. Ironically, it also has the honeycomb pattern. I could have just bought the fucking transfer. It's already <laughs> the right size for the stupid fucking armor plates. But here we are, doing it by hand, because I'm just that dumb. We'll definitely practice with one of the uh, I'm sure billion Space Marine transfer pads you have. Oh or my God, dude. Yeah, yeah if, they, if you, if you need to... practice transfers, I got you. They used to come with everything. In fact, let's so. see what's what's this one sitting here. This is this is a Tomekeeper transfer sheet. Oh, that must have come out of a white dwarf. Yeah, yeah. Eh, I might actually see if anybody I know needs that and just give that to them because I, I don't care about Tomekeepers. I don't even know what the Tomekeepers are. So it was the one? it was the white dwarf like homebrew chapter that they made to be like the white dwarf chapter where their their whole their whole thing is like you know keep all knowledge they're like admech except for unlike admech they don't even attempt to understand knowledge they find Mm. i read the first couple issues worth of lore and then i was like yeah whatever this is boring and they kept putting it in every single issue for like a year oh god oh i got the the new white dwarf that came out today as well it uh, it has a lot of guard stuff in it so here's to hoping uh they're they're one of the the rumored imperial codex that's coming out this year I think Chaos might be one of the next big factions, and then it might be Imperial Guard after I, I that. I think it is. If Garden Skaven come out at the same time, it's going to be very, very bad for me. Oh, that's, that's going to be very, very, very early Christmas for Tony. Yeah, and what's going to be just like it was for you last year, the uh, the Orc Cruel Boy back-to-back release. Oh, well, <laughs> at least you, you got to suffer along with me, like because right after that was the Black Templar release. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um, I think I'm going to do all my Skaven as number 13. Yeah. Just it's a that would be fun. However, if we ever actually end up playing a league, that might make things very confusing for you. Yeah, I would. I would put uh, a different um, notation on their bases. Okay, fair, fair. But they would all be number thirteen because Skaven. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all the hobby progress I got. Uh, let's talk a little about uh, about some games we played, Andrew. What you got? Okay, well, since uh, two of the three I played were with you, I will do the oh, one that wasn't with you. So. Um, Shit, what's today? Friday. Two nights ago, uh, Wednesday, <laughs> I, uh, time means nothing, my dude. Agreed. <laughs> oh, it's been a weird week. Anyway, uh, so Wednesday, our normal Necromunda meetup day, uh, I played against Phil's Escher's team again. Um, it was a really cool scenario. I hadn't actually played it before. So the gist of it was you got four gangers from your, your gang, which I'm playing Cawdor, which means I showed up with like nine. Eight thousand four. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny because I got more. Um, so stupid. 
Well, I uh, I'll get into it in a second. So the the scenario was you had four gangers and you essentially were at like a neutral meeting zone and there was a bunch of hive scum and then a fight breaks out and you have to try and use your leadership roles to convince the hive scum to join your gang for like temporarily. Uh, and then the awesome. other gang, the other gang could then do leadership checks to be like, "Hey, don't join those assholes. Join us. We're way cooler. And you could like barter back and forth between the hive scum all while shooting at each other, uh, which sounds really cool on paper, but it really just devolved into us shooting each other. And there were a bunch of hive scummers that kept getting shot accidentally. <laughs> oh, it's kind of disappointing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it might've been better if we had more gang members so we could, you could, you could dedicate more people to going off and trying to convince the hive scum while the rest of your gang was shooting at the other guys. But with only four on each team, it, it made it really limited. Um, and so I brought in my leader with grenade launcher. I brought in both my champions, one with a uh, uh, chain axe, the other with the crossbow, which was honestly probably a really bad choice because we were playing zone Mortalis and he had like one clear line of sight to shoot without accidentally killing his own guys the entire time. He got one shot off. It was kind of successful. It got one, one flesh wound and that was it. <laughs> um, and then I brought my sniper as well. Uh, no, hang on. Let me think. It wasn't the sniper, it was my Eviscerator Zealot, which is a juve with a way overpowered weapon. Which, of course, uh, since he's a juve, I got to roll to bring D3 extra juves in, and I got three. So I had three spare juves with knives and pistols. So I was immediately starting off a little overwhelming. Uh, and then, when we randomly drew our tactics cards, I got the one who... I don't remember the name of it, but it's the one where you can use a prayer on a different path of redemption because uh, I was previously on the path of the doomed and then that leader died and so when you pick a new leader you can choose a new path so I'm like oh okay I'll change it so I chose path of the redeemer which is Clovis's specific one which deals all with chain weapons and fire uh, and so I used that one to take a prayer from the path of the doomed which is the one where I can bring in d3 additional gankers <laughs> and so it was like 10 to 4 right off the bat before we even started trying to coerce hive scum um and we were just, we, we tried for a little bit. There was a couple rounds where we tried to convince the Hive Scum was, it was, I think, 12 guys on the board. And it was, it specified the rules said that they had whatever was on their model. They had to be WYSIWYG. And we didn't have enough Hive Scummers. But I've taken to bringing uh, some of my my uh, Age of Sigmar Hopgrots oh, <laughs> just so I can, so we could use them for stuff like this. And so we're like, oh, Hopgrots. Uh... Well, I guess they count as hive scummers with frag grenades and knives, because all the ones I had were like throwing their sulfur grenades, <laughs> which was very silly. Uh, and then Phil had some spare ones. He had like a 90s bounty hunter who had a bolt pistol and a plasma pistol. Uh, he had a noble woman that he printed off, which was um, a, a 3D sculpt that someone else had made that was supposed to be like uh, Lady Slido or Slido, whoever the, the leader of the new um, the Outcasts uh, gang is. Uh, oh, with the yeah, cool yeah. Servo skulls. It was that, but they looked different. Uh, and then a few other people with like las guns and stuff. Uh, the only one that we actually ended up convincing at all was my leader ran up to the noble woman who had a bolt pistol and a power sword. So I was like, oh, cool. I need to convince her to get on my team because she'll be really awesome. She'll be uh, just powerful enough to maybe take a few wounds off of Phil's Death Maiden. Uh, so I ran up to her and I was like, Hey, you want to join the redemption? And she's like, you know, that sounds like a great idea. And then it was Phil's turn and his death mate shot her in the back of the head. <laughs> he was, he was trying to shoot my leader and, and missed. And when that happens, you have to roll to see if it scatters to hit anybody else. And it just pegged her right in the back of the head. And she just went down like a sack of bricks. Thankfully her armor somehow took it. So she was alive, but it was still just really funny where she's like, yeah, I'll join your gang. Bang. Instantly goes down. <laughs> 
How? Um, how at this point have you not realized, just stay away from a Death Maiden? Nothing uh, good for you ever happens when a Death Maiden is within like 18 inches of one of your guys. It was fine. It was a totally free person. I oh, never, good. I didn't have to pay credits half for your hers. Gang. Half your gang is free people. Yeah, it was an additional free person. And this one had a power sword. She could have been useful. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But, uh, yeah, she spent the rest of the game just kind of like sitting on the ground, sucking her thumb after taking a, a poison needle to the back of the skull and somehow surviving. Um, really not too super much happened. I caught some guys on fire, you know, me being me. I killed one of his fear cats, uh, which is kind of standard at this point. They're per- permadeath? Uh, no, just out of action. Oh, okay. gotcha. uh, but I got a, got a coup de gras. Uh, and then Phil, he was like, all right. My leader's out, so I got a champion here with a plasma pistol. She's my, my de facto leader at the moment. I'm going to shoot your champion with a plasma pistol. I'm like, all right, this is probably going to be bad for my dude. I'm going to overcharge it. Oh, uh, shit, here we go. Every he time overcharges one of overcharged it, nothing good ever happens. He overcharges it, and he fucking hits. It's like a bang-on hit, rolls oh, a God. six for it, everything's great. Rolls the ammo check. But what happens normally is you just roll to see if you're out of ammo, but if you're rolling an overcharged plasma weapon... Yeah, uh, it's unstable. It, it, it's unstable, and if you don't roll a six, again, it fucking explodes. Guess what happened? <laughs> it exploded. It's so good. Oh, oh boy, did it explode. And I was like, oh, that sucks. All right, uh, there's no armor check for that. You're just immediately out of action. Let's see what happened. Rolled a six. Ooh, that's bad. That's bad. That's instant dead. What happens after that? Boom, rolled a four. Ah, dead unless the doc can save her. And so <laughs> that's two games in a row fighting me that Phil has lost his leader. And... Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, this one was not my fault. He completely did it to himself. <laughs> he just needs to replace that leader with another Death Maiden. Yeah, honestly, at this point. Death um, so fucking stupid. The sad, the extra sad thing, though, is he did 100% hit my champion, but after the previous match, uh, I had enough credits to buy another Servitor Cherub, which is oh. an, a 4-plus invuln save. So the Servitor Cherub took it. And rolled a nat six, so he didn't even kill my servitor cherub, so he just Aww. completely whiffed his shot, blew himself up. It was uh it was one of those one of those Necromunda moments where you just kinda shrug and go, That's Necromunda, baby. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um his Chimerex did almost kill my zealot with eviscerator though, because uh I was definitely at that point he bottled and I was like, I wanna see if I can get that Chimerex before it's out of here. And uh I forgot how few attacks I get with that. I'm like, it's a chainsword, it'll be like awesome. Two, isn't it? Yeah, it's only two attacks. Yeah. For some reason, I always think he has, like, four or something insane. No. Uh, you don't, he doesn't. He's throwing he doesn't. a chainsaw the size of himself. It's real hard to swing that a bunch of times. Hey, you know, he's powered by his love of the God Emperor. He, you can That's do amazing can things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did throw up a prayer to the God Emperor and made it where I could re-roll wounds, so I did successfully get a wound off on the cat, and the cat then uh, immediately dumpstered my zealot. <laughs> he, was, he was going to coup de grab. He was gonna coup de grace, but uh, he was. That was the the downing was after my attack, so he couldn't technically coup de grace mm. till his next turn. And since his gang had bottled, he thought, "Hey, I'll probably get rid of my very expensive critter, let it flee before he gets shot to death with fire." So, yeah. uh, ended up being kind of a eh, so so. It was it was a very fast me- mission. We it was less than thirty minutes, but uh, only only real proper casualty was Phil's champion blowing herself into oblivion. Oh. Eshers have not had very good luck in this particular campaign. They really haven't. But, well, uh, I don't know. Yeah. In, uh, in our game, my Escher gang actually had remarkably good luck. That's true. Let's roll into that. Tony, yeah. let's go to the game where we played each other. <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, it was a scenario where uh, my guys were drinking in a bar in the very center, 
and Andrew's asshole little religious zealots ambushed me. But I got free hive scum. A bunch so of that was scum. something. Yeah, yeah, because my underdog bonus was so much because my, you know, 500 and some odd credit gang leader wasn't in that fight. <laughs> Such a deeply overpriced leader. <laughs> but he's so cool. She's so bad. She's never killed anything. In on, fact, on paper, the, she's such an incredible badass. But the boy, only she kill she's ever it. had is herself. <laughs> in fact, that might be the only target she's ever out of action. That sounds like my first leader who literally never hit anything and then got his head blown off by a zerker. <laughs> Yeah, so what the the mission was you had to take out you had out of action fifty percent of my gang in six turns, right? Yeah, I had a time limit to down your guys. Yeah. Uh, and my guys just had to survive. Yeah, I either had to bottle or you had to kill my gang, essentially. Yeah, and uh, my I got priority on that one. No, you got priority but you missed your first shot, didn't you? Uh that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I think you you open with a grenade launcher shot into the mass and it just scattered wildly out of the way. I think. No, because that would have been with my leader who has a two-up ballistic skill, so he probably wouldn't have missed. I don't remember what I did. I think maybe, it was the sniper. I think I went with the sniper okay, first yeah. and ended up whiffing. Yeah, and then one of my hotshot lasgun girls looked at your uh, your crossbow dude and went, <laughs> nope, and shot him yeah. off a tower. <laughs> yeah, he shot my crossbow Probably to roll tower. around seriously injured for the whole fucking game. Yeah, he, he didn't get a single shot off, and he just fell over and was seriously injured the entire match, <laughs> which was a was a damn shame because he would have been okay very useful that match. Yeah, he would have. Uh, but uh, that was the, the game where, for like the first, first two rounds, you couldn't do anything to me, it seemed like, and... Damn yeah. you, every time well, I shot somebody, they went out of action. Well, the thing was, we've been rolling uh, additional, uh, like, hazards and stuff for mm -hmm. each match. And this one, we had radioactive oh, rain. Oh, that's right. So there was there was radioactive water leaking from the ceiling. So anytime you took a shot, uh, wound or not, on a four-up, you got additionally wounded. Yeah, you got, you got flesh an additional wound, no flesh what. wound. So most by the end of this match, most of my gang was down to like one flesh wound, which if you get, if you run, if it reduces your toughness for every flesh wound you get. So if you have like, I don't know, an Ogryn or an Ambot or something, you have six or seven toughness, you're fine. But all my guys are three toughness mm -hmm. and everybody was down to like one toughness by the end of this match, which was getting real dicey. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you did manage to take out all, I think it was five of the hive scum that I had. You took every one of them down. Yeah, because you had... What? It was like two complete dipshits who were just like a normal dude with a shotgun, essentially. Oh, uh, yeah, had... and one of them absolutely murked that blunderpole dude. He did, yeah. He just, <laughs> just shotgunned him. Right down, with a slug. Just right down the nose. It was bad. Uh, uh, and then you yeah. had Bulgorg. Uh, yeah, Bulgorg the chainsaw hand man, who, yeah. who got charged by one of your guys, just knocked on his ass over and over again. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you had. Uh, you uh, had, like, like an actual bounty hunter, right? You had one, yeah. like, halfway decent guy. Uh, no, Bulgorg was the decent guy. The other were just, uh, four other hive scum. Oh, they were just basic guys. They were just basic guys. It was, uh, one with a stub pistol and three with shotguns. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was it. And the I stub pistol guy a... literally did nothing. I mean, yeah, it's a stub pistol. <laughs> no, uh, Phil, Phil just gave them all names, so they all have, like, nameplates on their stuff. They're, they're just hive scum with names. Ah, okay, that's why I thought yeah. they were actual bounty hunters. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my plasma pistol was dropping people, because it, it took out one of your cherubs to begin with, but it's Yeah, it, it, it was a, a shot that would have done, like, six damage to my yeah, leader, which would have been an instant down. Hit. 
Thankfully, my cherub took the entire thing on the chin, so I didn't have to worry about that. So I didn't have the four-up inbound for the rest of the match, but it was okay from that point on. Yeah, I think... Uh... Did I put the most hurt on your gang that's ever been put on at this campaign? You did. You because I I was dropping bodies in that. Yeah, you you put about half of my gang into recovery. Like it was it was a really good thing that the match I had with Phil was such a low gang count because I would not have been able to fill out a roster if it was more than like seven. Yeah. Wow. Like uh, all but one of my normal gangers, my brethren, you put out of action. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't kill anybody. You didn't, which was very lucky on my end. <laughs> it's well, remarkable. No, you uh, I killed, killed a bunch a of people shitload. that don't matter. Yeah, you killed a shitload of people. They were just all my devout masses, yeah. which didn't matter. <laughs> which oh, yeah, was still good for you guys, because you, you still got experience for that. Yeah, because my, uh, my brand new juve that I got for free, that I took two full automatic pistols and a, a drop rig on, dove <laughs> off the tower and point blank the one dude and killed him and rolled a 66 and got three extra XP out of the deal. Which, so, that's the coolest showing for a juve I've oh, ever yeah. seen. Yeah, she ended the match with five XP because she got an out of action, the extra three XP, and was in the game. That's So, <laughs> if you're going from the... The roleplay point of view, it's like, all right, rookie, here's two <laughs> pistols. Get in there and do well. And she just turns out to be a fucking ninja. And everybody's like, ah, <laughs> damn, all right, jeez. Yeah, fuck, all right. Oh, I don't was, remember uh, what that one's name was, because it was just going to be a throwaway. That was a throwaway attack. That wasn't uh, Ellen Ripley, right? That was from oh, the it might, game? I, you know, I guess I can pull it up. I don't think it was, but it, it could have been. Yeah, because Tony's doing the, the, the roller derby. Yeah, the roller derby. for everybody. Yeah. As, as you got to. I mean, of course. Not. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Andrew won that one, obviously. Um, but I put up a good fight. Oh, you put up a great fight. Yeah. You, you were, you were only had... like, th what, three more people down from being forced to make really difficult bottle checks? Yeah, no, I, I had such a big gang because of my devout masses rule, but otherwise, yeah, you would have, you would have probably maybe bottle out if it wasn't yeah. for that. Yeah, that was crazy. And then but, the, the uh, other one we played was, uh, Adeptus Titanicus game. Yes, our first fully painted Adeptus Titanicus it was match. Beautiful. You got to make sure you post pictures of that on our uh, Instagram if you haven't already. Oh, I definitely Just do will. it with the release um, notes, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, so Tony brought his fire wasps. I brought my murder lords. Uh, we're doing the advanced rules, but we still haven't gone to doing um, maniples or the uh, the actual legio specific rules. I, I think um, we could probably work that in on the next time. Probably at least it's... at least the legio rules. Maybe not the maniples yet. Yeah, it's just enough rules to where it feels like it would be a lot since it's still some of our first matches, but we're, we're slowly working our way towards incorporating it because even the Titanicus rulebook says, hey, these are optional. You'll eventually get to them, but start off with just the basic rules. And so we're just slowly adding more every time we play. And it does feel like we're actually starting to learn it. But um, yeah, so that game was uh, very even until it wasn't. <laughs> it was, uh, let's see... My only notes about it were from my about my glorious night. So, uh, how do we start that one off? Do you remember? It was uh... it was just trading shots back and forth. Uh, I feel like one of your reavers. I just oh, absolutely no. ripped its void shields off, but then I just couldn't do anything else to it. Yeah, we had some pretty like tit for tat stuff where we weren't getting much damage until your knights came close, and one of my reavers was like, "Ah, I'll shoot everything I got oh, at yeah. it." All right, I hurt them really badly, but I couldn't quite finish them off. And I'm like, "Well, my knight's also really close by. I I shouldn't risk this." But I got this sweet melta cannon arm. 
yeah, I got this Meltacana arm, and there's there's all these knights clustered up over there. So I shot it, which of course meant the template scattered, which of course meant it landed directly on my maniple of knights, which of course meant that one of my knights just got turned into fucking slag immediately. Yeah. He put up no fight. His ion shields did nothing. It's just gone. And then I had this one poor knight left. I'm like, well, shit, that guy's useless. Uh, turns out I was wrong. That- yeah, I should I should not have let that guy run free. I was like, oh, one of my warhounds will kill him. M- Spoiler v- alert. He. Oh, oh my god. god like that guy I, I still haven't done it yet but i'm gonna give him kill markings and a name because of this match because he did so well so he accounted for a reaver and a warhound and yeah, so crippling he, another warhound he was able to cripple a warhound he got in the back arc of a different warhound was able to uh just completely take it out uh completely killed it rolled a one on its chart so it just fell silent just yeah. nothing happens it became terrain at that point was able to get behind a reaver and stab him in the ass enough that he also died and then we rolled on the chart and he had a full-blown <laughs> nuclear reactor meltdown completely exploded which means he explodes 10 or d10 inches it was what six or seven inches that the explosion ended up being uh uh, uh, it was, I want to say it was like eight or nine because it, it caught my other Reaver in it and killed it. Or no, it yes. didn't kill my other Reaver, but it left every one of its systems in critical, basically. No, it did. It fully killed it, remember? Because it, it just went down right after that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it, was so already, it was already in critical on everything. It was in critical your... because it was it was having a tip for tap against my Reaver with yeah. the volcano cannon. Because both then... of our Reavers were critical in legs, torso, and head. <laughs> yeah. Like, each other. Uh, all, like... Uh, a gnat could have flown into those reavers and killed them. So, you know, another reaver going nuclear explosion beside it was pretty bad. So this it night was had very gloriously... a classic boxer where they're just punching each other in the face. It's like a hockey fight is basically yeah. what's happening. Uh, and then this knight goes nuclear, or this this titan goes nuclear and kills the reaver, completely eviscerates what's left of the warhound titan because it was terrain, but it fell down and exploded from that, and then blew up your other reaver. And the best part, my knight, who was completely caught in the explosion, didn't die. He limped away with one wound after that full-blown explosion. Yeah, and remember it blew the leg off the other warhound, so it was now facing somewhere where there was nothing in front of it because it was totally immobilized. Yep, and it couldn't get its repairs off, so it yep. couldn't turn around to actually shoot at anything. Very so, frustrating. My little knight that could, like, I completely wrote him off, and I was like, well, I'll throw him into the fray and just see what happens. And boy, did a lot happen. <laughs> my fucking knight just slapped your reaver a bunch of times and didn't do a damn thing. Like, you did the thing that knights tend to do in those games where it just made it where my reaver couldn't do anything else, yeah. but they were nowhere near as effective as my one little guy. No, they weren't. He had something so, to prove after his buddy got blown up. He's like, I need to do well so I don't get blown up. Yeah, so my, my <laughs> bosses don't slag me like they did yeah. my friend. But, that was, that uh, was yeah. a fun game, though. That was ridiculous, and it really was close until that happened. <laughs> and that, that's what I like about Titanicus, is like, even when one of your Titans dies, it's not a feels bad, because it's usually cool and catastrophic. Something funny will happen. Oh, like, yeah. at worst, it becomes a funny piece of terrain, which, when shot, can then fall down and squish something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at worst, it becomes a funny piece of terrain that then blocks all of your other Titan shots. Yeah, no, you can definitely harm yourself by shooting a Titan in the wrong space. It's 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 a very silly game, and I love it so far. It, it's fun, though. Uh, how about you? Any any other matches that weren't against me? Uh, yeah, actually, about an hour and a half ago, uh, I finished up a Kill Team game with our buddy Will. He's got one or two Kill Team games under his belt, so we were still learning it. Uh, he played his uh, Orc Commandos, and I was like, oh, I've got some Tyranids. It'd be really fun. You know, it's... Uh, 
it's two fire teams for the Tyranids, which I only thought it was one, but it's two. So I got to have five Gene Stealers and three Tyranid Warriors against his nine Commandos and his Knob. And, oh, what's up? I was about to say, the the Warriors seem like they might be a little overpowered for that scenario. Warriors were pretty fucking powerful with their shooting. Uh, But also I was able to, my, my very, his sniper got up absolutely ripped the shit out of one of the gene stealers and one of my warriors rolled max crits for it and that sniper just turned into goo Mm. Uh, usually it took two of my warriors shooting at one guy to bring it down just through law of averages uh but gene stealers have conceal or have this thing when they they take the conceal order which means that if they're behind cover they can't be shot at unless something has uh is in a vantage point like a rooftop or above it but gene stealers have a rule called always hidden where Vantage point doesn't get rid of your conceal. So they were just skulking through cover and just jumping out at orcs. And uh, turns out gene stealers are better in close combat than orcs. Unless it's an orc knob with a power claw. (laughs) In which case it wins. That that actually is one of the few times that keeps up with the lore. Yeah, it was uh, was really fun. Uh, Will had some some rough rolls. I had some really good rolls. As is the weird habit when I'm learning to play a game or teaching somebody to play a game. It's the best my dice will ever be at it. Hmm. But we just played the uh, the Reconnoiter mission where there's four objectives, quote-unquote, and it's the four buildings. Uh, you have to get on the roof and spend one of your action points to Reconnoiter from it. I guess pull out fucking Tyranid binoculars and look around or some shit. <laughs> it's a, a binocular organism. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. I wonder what that would be like. I mean, there's uh, sights imagining... on some of the guns, which is even creepier. I'm imagining it's a lot like the targeting squig for the orcs. That's fair. I mean, is it? I think it's the the flesh borer, which is a termagant fisting some other fucking alien that shoots shit out its mouth. Yeah, Tyranids are weird. Tyranids are weird. Love them to death. <laughs> so, hey, they're getting a new codex. It's true, finally, and they're they're finally getting a, a model for something that's been around since like fourth edition in the lore, but it hasn't yeah. actually gotten anything. The uh, I, I what is it, wanna... Parasite of Mortrix? Uh, something like that. The one I that I want to do a full flyer Tyranid list that's just flyer that thing and gargoyles. Maybe the weird. I don't know, a brood gargoyle thing that just spits more gargoyles out. Having uh, painted 30 gargoyles at once uh, before? No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I paint a bunch of stupid shit at a time, so. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, So, pretty pretty overall fun game, though. You like? Oh, yeah, no, so, that was the thing, is uh, I got there, I got there at about 6 o'clock. We started, we didn't start really even setting up and playing until about 6.45, and we were done at 7.50. Hmm. So less so than like, an hour for a learning game. That's pretty yeah, good. It was, it was super, super great. It only goes um, five, four or five turns as well. So it's super fast to learn. The, the big issue I have with it is the damn measuring tools. Yeah. Because it's not one inch, two inch, three inch. It's uh, triangle, square, circle. Or it's triangle, circle, square, and then pentagon. You're like, God it, it takes my brain a minute to wrap around all of that. And Let the cover interpret. rules are very particular. <laughs> Let me it's, interpret these pictograms so I know yeah. how far I can move. The, the big thing is when it's talking about cover, it's like if the attacker is within triangle of the cover and as long as it's not within circle of the opponent, it's firing and the opponent is more than triangle away from it. It's like, oh, God damn it. That's give me inches. Give me inches so I can visualize this shit. Well, that's so, it's silly because for like literally every other game they have other than Blood Bowl, which uses movement spaces, which is done on a grid, everything else is in inches. 
Yeah. That's oh, that's bizarre. That if it's a fun enough game, I can get over that. But that's initially just like a hurdle, or my brain's just like, I don't want to learn that shit. Yeah. Well, in so it's it's one, two, three, and six are the the increments in it. And there's a measuring tool in it, and I think that's the whole point behind it is because they want that box to be something that a board gamer could pick up and play. Mm. Because it's not. I honestly thought it was going to be easy to build models in the kit, but it's not. It's legitimate. It is. It is an actual model for each of the guys yeah they're proper kits with like arm options and stuff which that surprised me i really thought they were going to be push fit same whenever i got it yeah um and you know it's the measuring thing's the only real issue i had with it in this one uh tyrannids were a bit yeah tyrannids were a bit powerful compared to his orcs but also looking through it we we realized we missed a chunk of the rules with the orcs and what and they get better once you add the equipment and we didn't do the specific secondaries and stuff like that we were just learning the basic rules so once yeah. that all happens his stuff will get better yeah and that tends to happen anytime you're doing a learning game <laughs> exactly just a lot of rules initially for any games workshop stuff other than blood bowl uh and just getting kind of getting into the groove of it it's always an issue exactly but yeah, that's uh, that's really all the games I've played. I haven't haven't had a whole whole lot of time. Yeah, yeah, life life is hard sometimes, yeah. especially when you're slinging Sammies. Yeah, well, spring is the the busy restaurant season anyway. Well, everybody wants to be out. It's finally getting exactly. nice and warm without yeah, actually exactly. being fucking miserable like it is in Georgia most of the time. Yeah. So, uh, so Adepticon happened um, last week. I guess that was last weekend. Yeah, this is probably the most uh, uh, on time any of our news coverage will ever be because we're really not big on like up to date stuff. But there's some good shit in this yeah. one, and I want to yeah, talk and, about and it, y'all. The thing is, every podcast talks about this kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So like, you don't want to listen if you listen to three or four podcasts. You're like, oh, cool, it's this people talking about the exact same thing. I just listened to two other podcasts with them talking about. But, yeah, maybe maybe fast forward like thirty minutes when we get to the other stuff we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah, just kind of you know we're not going to go like, in detail on any of this stuff. Just kind of want to like touch on some of the stuff and some of the cool stuff that uh that popped out so well, andrew uh, anything uh, in particular pop out at you that you really liked on this preview well there's at least a couple of things i Just know both couple, you and i are two. pretty pretty into uh yeah. well given our current obsession i'm gonna say the really big one for both of us is uh necromunda ash wastes holy shit do <sighs> i fucking want me some tuscan raiders riding giant crickets that sounds awesome i still don't know if that's a day one buy for me though Oh, it depends when like, it comes out. No, that's that's also fair because there's a lot of other good stuff. Like, I I like the look of the terrain. Like, yeah, I really like the look of the terrain. the The nomads are pretty cool looking. They're a bit more chaosy than I expected. I I didn't get chaos from it necessarily. I definitely got like. I don't know, more intimidating, like, scrapper look, where you can tell, if you look at all of their robes and stuff, you can tell that they're really, like, piecemeal junk that they've stolen from various caravans and stuff. But, I mean, they could, uh, in your defense, they could they, they very really easily, good cultists. very easily be converted into cool cultists. But my first initial instinct isn't necessarily cultists. Gotcha. Maybe it's just because I've been looking at a bunch of chaos stuff recently for no reason in particular. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of dig the Orlock vehicles, but they yeah, just like seem the like they're missing something. Very long quad bikes. Yeah. Interesting. It, it just, I, I, I might like the model better if as much as I hate them in real life is if it was a three wheeler. Yeah. I, like I'm looking at them right now and I don't know. They feel like a very, uh, like a safe 
Yeah. Like, like they're very good. They, they feel Orlocky, but there's nothing particularly wild about them. Like, I, you know, the gunner on the back is cool. The guy holding the pistol while driving is cool, but it's just like, it's, it's just kind of like a space ATV. Yeah. There's, there's, there's something missing on it. I don't, I don't know what that is that's missing, but there's just something, something more. I wish I had some more flair or something. I got one thing you could immediately slap on it and make it 10 times better. Just a big, probably unnecessary rocket booster on the back. Yeah, but that's not really Orlock's thing. Like, Goliath? Hell yeah. Goliath will put some dumb shit on the back of it. Well, I don't know. Orlock might want it. Like a one once-per-game turbo boost or something, just so yeah. like, oh shit, nomads are attacking. We gotta get out of here. Bang. And you just hit it and go really fast for a second. I can't wait to see what Escher vehicles look like. Oh, those are gonna be wild. Oh yeah, like, they are. I... Uh, I I'm imagining motorcycles for them. They feel like a motorcycle gang to me. But yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Dirt like a, bikes like a, specifically. Yeah. Like, a, I'm, I'm, I'm just immediately, since they have such that aesthetic anyway, I'm immediately thinking like tank girl stuff. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, my my like, thought was dirt bikes and muscle cars. Yeah. No, like <laughs> get, get the Necromunda equivalent of like a Camaro or something. <laughs> or a fucking El Camino. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be so fucking funny. Um, yeah, no, the Orlock ones, they're 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 serviceable. I'll give yeah. them that. There's nothing wild about them, but they look good. They'll they'll do their job well. But yeah. on the flip side, the I did not cool. expect giant radioactive <laughs> cricket fleas. These are so goofy. And initially I, I didn't really like them, but the more I look at them, the more I'm like, no, these things are awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, I love uh, I love the dude leaning forward where it looks like he's holding a rifle, but it's just a fucking like chainsword pokey stick on a rifle stock. Yeah, these guys all have, like, chain glaives and stuff. And if you look at them, they're all, like, held together with duct tape. And it's just, uh, it's it's so goofy, and I love it so much. Yeah, like, I like the look of these nomads, but I don't like the look of the ones on foot. And I think it's because these don't look as ragtag. Mm. I'm honestly pretty chill with both sides of it. I like the on-foot ones as well. Fair and I enough. think the on-foot ones will look better if they're painted a little wilder. Like, maybe, maybe if you had more... Right more colors like cause i know they're supposed to be like you know hidden amongst the dunes and all that but if you had like a little bit of pop of color here and there i think they'd be a little more intricate and awesome like maybe if it looked like they stole some of their cloth from uh more of the the yeah. underhivers so you know orlock colors of course because they're going to be the ones who are out there the most because that's their shtick but you could have like a, a banner that's made out of like some leopard print that they stole from an escher or something mm-hmm. that could be kind of fun but i think the coolest thing that sets the fucking terrain it is good like terrain. It is Scrapper Village meets fucking Ewok tree houses. Exactly. <laughs> and it just, That's... it tickles all of my favorite bits of Star Wars and uh, Warhammer. It yeah, even it has looks... a fucking moisture farmer on it. Yeah, it legitimately looks like, it looks like orc terrain if orcs were more put together. Mm-hmm. It's it's got that scrap aesthetic without being like you know just riveted steel plates together. Yeah, it, like it's orcs not do. it's not junk. It's reclaimed things. Yeah, and and you can tell it's a lot of like repurposed stuff that's used for the desert because it's got like uh, scrap awnings and stuff that are mm-hmm. clearly not part of the original build. And then just like you said, the goofy stuff like the moisture evaporator and yeah. all that. So yeah, they're they're going pretty hard into the Tatooine aesthetic here, and I dig it. But I can't imagine they're very stable. That's my worry. Oh, God, with it, is no. it looks very unstable. I, I I would probably see about I don't know gluing it to a base or something. Lead shotting the bottom of it. 
Yeah, I, it's it seems very top heavy. Yeah. Like the top part's hollow, so it's not going to be heavy, but it's just I don't know. It center of gravity seems kind of off. May, maybe the bottom, maybe the bottom part's very solid plastic. So. Well, and if, look at looking at the the picture where it shows all of them. That bottom part's about as wide as the top bit. Yeah, but I got fucking fat hands. I definitely yeah, see me knocking dude. these things over. I'm very bad about clipping into terrain. I stab myself so much. I, I have a lot of tiny scars all over my wrist and hand from scraping spikes and stuff on, on Imperial terrain. Oh, so uh, these great. things are going to go a-flying if we don't hook them up to a base if we get them. Oh, yeah. Uh, another interesting thing, uh, if you scroll down on that page, Andrew, check out the dice. Did you look at the dice? Yeah, there's like there's some kind of car dice. There's three new dice on there. One of them did got like a dude behind a steering wheel and uh, a gear emblem on it and smoke. Then another's got some turns and like a, a spin out thing, which I'm guessing is what happens when the vehicle gets hit. Yeah, this seems like old what second or third edition uh, 40k rules where there's a you had to roll to see what direction tanks would go on occasion. It feels like it might be something like that. Probably once they start taking damage or, I don't know, just off the top of my head, they might have to make rolls to see if their engines are working properly mm-hmm. or, I don't know, if the fleas decide to go crazy or something <laughs> since they don't have engines. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's I'm seeing... These are wild pictures on some of them. I have no fucking clue what a lot of them are going to yeah. be. But I definitely see one that's just a surprised skull, so I imagine that's going to be uh, equaling a lot of death for some people. <laughs> Oh yeah, the surprise skull is great, but I just I love the dude holding the steering wheel. Yeah, it's got a very uh Nux from Mad Max, I live, I die, oh, yeah. I live again vibe. Yeah, maybe maybe that's kind of what I was expecting for the Orlock vehicles. Was more of that really just beat ass up look. But more I guess like, that would be more of the caravanners instead of the Orlocks. Yeah, because the Orlocks out in the waste, if I'm not mistaken, are paid pretty damn good money. Yeah, no, they're they're the guild that took over that. It's very lucrative for them, even if they get raided by nomads. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I my my mental image was essentially like the orc buggy sans the orcs. Yeah. Like like especially the boomdack of snazwagon, which is just a Mad Max buggy with a grot yeah. tied to the bumper. So uh, that would be I'm, cool. I'm definitely actually. It probably it wouldn't be it, hard. Uh, it depends on the buggy. Rugged truck, squig buggy. I just want some Orlocks and a Ford F-150. <laughs> God's truck. Yeehaw, chuckle fucks. We're hunting down some nomads. <laughs> uh, what's the Palantine color? It's like black and yellow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the thin black and yellow line bumper sticker on the back of their Ford F-150. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so tasteless given the current political climate. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. But no, I'm very excited for Ash Wastes. Like, bare minimum, even if we don't end up liking these particular uh, gangs or get the terrain or anything, I just want to get my hands on the rules and see what gangs are included. Because even if they don't have uh, specific models for them yet, I'm sure they have, like, you know, the Escher Nitro Buggy or something. Like, they, they got to have oh, yeah. more rules than just the, the Orlocks and the Nomads at this point. It wouldn't surprise me if they brought back vehicle design rules where it works kind of like uh, Brutes and stuff like that, where you buy the base chassis and then you upgrade it how however yeah that would track like maybe it would be cool if they made it where it's a super customizable thing where as long as they fit a certain base size you can essentially make whatever mm-hmm. uh as and as long as you have the credits for it of course yeah but um yeah no as long as as long as they have eventual kits to fit everyone's flavor and then you could tweak them however you want to down the line that would be fine with me because yeah. this this could be you know necromunda Gaslands essentially where you just go buck wild with designing your own shit and then uh, 
Next preview they talked about on there was uh, a new Underworlds warband, uh, the the Exiled Dead. Oh, the the Frankenstein's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we're both kind of in the same boat. They're okay. They're coolish. They're coolish. I I like some of the models. The other ones, yeah, they're all right. The one guy looks very Gene Stealer cult with the staff. He looks like a Magus to me. He does. He looks very like I know he's supposed to be a necromancer, but if you just showed me a picture of him, initial impression, I would think he's some kind of chaos or something. Oh yeah, would definitely be Gene Stealer or Chaos. And then the more I look at him, I would notice that there's the shiny the realm stone. Like yeah. yeah, he's got the realm stone in his staff, which they have that exact kind of stone in all of the uh, Osiok Bone Reaper stuff. I painted a lot of those little gems when I had my <laughs> army of them. And then, yeah, the hands nailed to his belt. And it's like, oh, okay, this guy's obviously undead related. But uh, he doesn't inherently scream undead right off the bat. Yeah. I, I think he could my... make for very good chaos psyker conversion, though. Yeah. I think my my real issue with this is the fact that a lot of the other warbands uh, you can use as, like, special characters in your armies and stuff, and they'll look great. These are just so far out of place looking for the rest of the range that it's kind of jarring to me. They're more Blood Bowl looking to me. Mostly because of the giant Frankenstein arm and the Tesla. Yeah. Yeah, like the honestly, as I'm looking at them, the only one that really stands out to me is giant Frankenstein arm guy. The rest just kind of mm. look like basic ass zombies with bolts in them. Which, yeah. you know, it's a fine aesthetic, but they just don't really because the underworld stuff has been like where the sculpts go. Like yeah, they tend the to be cool, the cool, cool stuff is. They tend to be some of the best Age of Sigmar sculpts, and honestly, some of the best like more recent Games Workshop sculpts. And this one's. It's certainly not bad by any stretch yeah, of the imagination. Don't, don't get us wrong. It's... They're still really cool sculpts. They just yeah, they, they just don't blow us away. They're they're great for underworlds. They are. Uh, they're no crimson court. They're no, nothing will ever be a crimson court, man. That's oh, just crimson remarkable. court. Such such a good warband. I, I I don't even have undead stuff, and I have that gang. It's such a good kit. But yeah, solid uh, meh out of ten with this gang. Not bad. Not great. Yeah, probably have some fun abilities. Uh, people will buy it just to mix their cards in because it's a deck building game, and I, yeah. that's the main reason I don't play it because I don't want to keep up with that stuff. Ditto. I had a couple of the gangs from the first one. It was fun to play, but then they just kept releasing. Really like I don't want to buy this gang for this one card. Same I, problem that X Wing had. I would very much not be de- against playing the game if we just implemented a house rule of the cards that come with your gang are the cards you have, or you just. If you just know the rules for the car, you just print off a copy of it. But I don't condone That's, that kind of thing. But I I condone it as long as it's okay with everybody in your local group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mad at ten. Moving on. The yeah. next one. Oh, the next one, Tony. The next. Oh, one. the next one. Oh. Are you talking about um, season oh. of Thondia for Age of Sigmar? Yeah, everybody's very excited for that. What's <laughs> up with that cool, like, sort of endless spell, but sort of? No, nobody gives a shit about that. I'm talking about the goddamn Chaos Knights, Tony. Chaos Knights, Tony. <laughs> All right, you got to admit the uh, the fucking the the Tibia Mariner from Elden Ring that's now in Age of Sigmar is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kind of <laughs> skipping ahead a little bit. What's his name? Uh, uh, Allark Al- the Drowner. That is that is a legitimately very cool model. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's oh. I, it feels like the perfect like big bad evil guy for a sea themed Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Oh yeah, he's definitely a big bad. Oh, the, that's, uh, that's the, a the, the new thing that came in the fucking white dwarf that was fantastic though. Mm. Is there's a pronunciation guide for Age of Sigmar mm. names. Ooh, that is brilliant, actually. It's actually really helpful. 
Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff in there that's very dumb. Yeah, if it wasn't in the car still, I would uh, I would grab it and read a couple of them that we've been pronouncing very wrong. We're going to get to the real thing that we're actually excited for, which is the new Chaos Knights. Oh, I thought you were talking uh, about the Horse Heresy. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. It, it's not without merit. That's fair. Um, the new Chaos yeah, Knights are really fucking cool. Oh, God. Well, they introduced the Abominate, which is the, a brand new Chaos Knight. Um, the chassis is the same as the... Uh, Armager, hell. right? No, no, no. What's the oh, no. oh no, the Abominance, the um Rampager. Uh, it was the the old Rampager kit that came out a few years ago, which I did actually build and paint, and it's a really cool kit, and I kind of want them again, especially now that they released this guy who's got this rad like tentacle flail arm, uh, which is I, all like chains and spikes and shit. I just love the reverse leg joints. Yeah, the cool dog legs. Yeah, which it makes it so cool looking. Way more intimidating, and and honestly, just having that one leg forward really makes it look a lot more mm-hmm. dynamic than the original Chaos Knight or original Imperial Knights, who are honestly kind very of very static. static. Yeah, they're but static. I mean, that's they're a fairly very... old kit. I mean, that's from what 2015. Mm, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. But for, like for a plastic there's... kit that big, that was. They're standing very, like, lock-kneed. Like, there's really yeah. not much... Like, I've seen people who've converted them to look more dynamic, but Pain it takes a ass. lot. The way they build their legs, you really need to green stuff and sculpt your own stuff for that. But uh, not with these guys. They got a lot of options, uh, and especially now, because as far as I'm aware, the Abominant comes with the original kit as just an additional sprue with, like, a, a bonus arm and the new gun and the cool new uh, Tusk helmet they're showing yeah, off. He's also a psyker. <laughs> Yeah, which is going to be crazy. And if I end up getting him, which I probably will because this kit is awesome, then uh, he's going to be extra bad against your Black Templars, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what um, I really like about this kit, the coolest part of it in my mind, besides the fucking vultures on it, which are great, is the fact that it's a demon head beneath a helmet. Yeah. No, like, it's got, if it you look really close at the picture, it's got like, creepy. this creepy, creepy grinning skull underneath it. Which, uh, when I was talking about last es- last issue, last episode, <laughs> uh, tune in next time, kids, for the next issue of <laughs> Dice Like Ice. Uh, when I was talking about last episode, uh, how wild and wacky, like, Heretech stuff is, this is kind of like yeah. baseline wild. This is the sort of stuff I want. I want, like, a fusion of cool Imperial stuff, but, like, you can see the creepy demonic influence on it without going, like, full weird, like, flesh cables and stuff yeah, like a lot this of the thing, Chaos stuff is done. This thing very much ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it, it's it's initially very chaos without going way overboard like a lot of chaos models do. It's it's not old school chaos where everything is spikes, but it's not yeah. new school chaos where everything is fleshy. Yeah, I think I could uh, I could build this without pricking my thumb more than maybe two times. Yeah, just your shoulder pads mostly. I don't like the yeah. spikes around the mouth of the plasma cannon, and the plasma cannon is sideways, and that bugs the shit out of me. Uh, I think it's actually a Volkite cannon. Either way, it looks sideways because it, yeah. it looks it looks like the uh, the plasma cannon from the um, Lehman Russ plasma cutioner. Uh, what is that? Exterminator? Well, the, no, exterminator. Atomic it's, it's executioner. Executioner. Yeah, I think it's executioner. Uh, well, it looks a lot like the Forge Fiend model. Well, its plasma yeah. stuff was sideways like that, so I yeah. think they're just they're calling back to other Fucking chaos models. Chaos. Which uh, I like the Forge Fiend kit. That one I think that holds up pretty well for being a yeah. bit older now. But uh, yeah, no, this is this is a it's a triumph, very cool kit. a triumph of a kit. This is very cool. And then uh, they finally actually introduced the war dogs, the uh, the chaos armager warglaves, yeah, with which their little uh, fucking skull faces. 
with their little goofy skull faces. <laughs> they're well, they, if you look at the video that they revealed it in, they they do have more head options. There's one that's a little more. Uh, it's got like a big central eye eye thing to it, where it's not a big goofy skull. But I kind of love the big goofy skull. It's very funny. Um, similar thing. Uh, this one looks a little more like just the basic armager kit. It just happens to have a few more spikes on it. But it's such a relatively small kit. I don't know how much more chaosy they could go with it without going yeah. to like weird mutations and shit like we were just complaining about. So it's this one's a solid like seven out of ten. It's fine for me. I, I'm not crazy about it, but I like it. Yeah, and not only is it new models, it's got a codex release coming out for both Chaos yes. Knights and an Imperial Knight codex release. Yes, and this is coming in a, a big box whenever it comes out, where it comes with two armagers, the knight, and the codex. And boy, am I probably going to get it, because it looks really good. Yeah, you know, I have two Imperial Knights. Maybe I just need to pick up some armagers in the new codex, and we can have uh, full-size Titanicus fights. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because uh... I've got the, uh, from the Skaven, um, what is it? I think it's the, it's not the Plague Catapult. It's the, the other thing that you can build from the Screaming Bell kit. Uh, it's um, the, the weird, sensor or whatever. yeah, with the big sensor ball thing on it. Yeah. Uh, my dream is to take, uh, the knight gallant that I haven't built yet. And instead of giving him the chain sword, giving him that as his weapon to trim off all the spikes and stuff, because I don't know if you know this about me, Andrew, but for some reason, I love all of the ecclesiarchy stuff and the insano religious zealotry of it. Oh, and I'm that really would shocked. be it's, perfect for it. It's know, almost right? like we've discussed how cool the Inquisition is and how you have, right. a, I don't know, a fucking Black Templars army? <laughs> <laughs> and an Ecclesiarchy Heavy Imperial Guard army and a fucking Sisters of Battle army and a bunch of Inquisition stuff. Like a yeah. bunch of Inquisition stuff. Yeah, the, the weird John Blanche stuff is the stuff that you like. I have a 2,000 point army that is nothing but Valkyries and Inquisitorial Stormtroopers. Eh. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, actually. And, and not and not like the shitty plastic scions. Sir, I have the classic metal Kazrakin models. Oh, those are those are pricey cool. these days. Yeah, they're expensive as shit now. They're cool, though. If, if for some reason you ever need to I make won't. a quick buck. <laughs> I mean, you know, just saying. But, uh, yeah. I'll no, sell is, my uh, legs and keep my Kazrakin. <laughs> the wheelchair might be less expensive yeah right <laughs> um yeah no very very solid release I'm, I'm extremely excited for these and the most recent community post about them made it sound like they're coming up pretty soon which uh my wallet is crying yeah uh and so is my backlog not gonna lie andrew if they release a split box that's like one chaos one imperial and then like a, a war dog and an armager i'm totally down for splitsies on that oh absolutely right, uh i think as far as they've announced i think they're only doing the chaos one but we will find out yeah it wouldn't surprise me if they released it because you know they've done two editions of the um, that knight fight game that I can never remember the damn name of. Robot knife fight. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> God, what uh, was what that was game that? called? Uh, Robot knife. No, that was a joke from uh, Rift Tracks where they were making fun of uh, Avatar. Yeah. At the at the end where they had uh, fucking General Shock and Awe in his robot suit and he goes <laughs> for the knife. <laughs> Uh, that was so dumb. What a dumb movie. I'm talking about the, the big box set that came with two knights and all that terrain. Oh, um... Renegade. I know. Renegade, yeah. yeah. Renegade, that was, yeah. That was when they had... It was essentially just a normal knight with a couple of extra spikes, and they're like, that's the chaos one. Yeah, I have... Uh, I still have all the terrain and stuff from the first edition of that. My God, it's worth $400. Whoa. Sorry. Okay. The first link was an eBay link. I didn't mean to just freak out. I bought that thing for 120 bucks. You bought it when it was new, you mean? I bought it when it was new, yeah. But it, it came with the the two knights, the, um, I don't know, the Crusader, I think, is the one that's got the, the missile pod and stuff for its back, and then a Gallant. 
Uh, and uh, yep. came instead of coming with the Mechanicus terrain, it came with the cool like Basilicanum terrain and stuff. Yep, sounds like it might uh, lend itself pretty well to the current upcoming codexes. Might be uh, something else to whip up if you uh, feel like getting a, another army real quick. Why not? What's what's I one mean, more? You only need like three knights and six armagers. You've got, got an entire. Yeah, you've got everything you could possibly need for those armies. So yeah. hey. Um, uh, then there's so there's uh, about. two there's two more really things that popped out of this one. Uh, one of them is Horus Heresy. And uh, Thondia, yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about that, right? <laughs> uh, we should probably go over it for a second. Um, yeah, it's uh, going from what it wasn't. Gur was the last one we were in, which was the Beast this Realm. Is, this is still Gur. Is it? I thought yeah. it was Sheish or Shiish or Shish nope. Kebab. Uh, it's a. Oh no, this is so, the Realm of Beasts. Okay. Yeah, so it's most. It's it's a, a campaign setting, as far as I can tell. Uh, it looks just like a kind of like I don't know. The the Nakmund or whatever 40k, yeah. but for Age of Sigmar essentially, where it's just like a campaign based uh, set of scenarios. Comes with some eh, not bad terrain. It looks all right. It's uh, all over the place to me. It kind of is. It's just the problem is they're not like leaning fully into the gurish like bestial thing. The only thing they really have that feels like that is the, the uh, skeleton. <laughs> Yeah, the dragon skeleton that looks like the the crate dragon from the beginning of the first Star Wars, yeah. where C three PO is hanging out on the dune. Uh, it looks exactly like that. And then there's um, two pieces of terrain that are from the most recent Warcry box. Yeah, so that's just a re-release. And then like cause... a baby waterfall thing that looks like it belongs in a Lumineth army. Uh, I was reading up on the lore of that. Apparently, it's like it's like a magic font of water for whenever they send out like settlers to go and try and build new cities in Gur, essentially. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the equivalent of, you know, here's your wagon full of stuff. Make sure to take 600 pounds of shot for all the buffalo you're going to run into, you know, Oregon Trail, Age of Sigmar style. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's, yes, the cleansing aqualith. Yeah, it's it's decent terrain. It doesn't look bad by any stretch. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a little all over large. the place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have a halfway decent sigmar board with yeah. just the, this the terrain in sigmar is not as critical as it is in 40k either so no you mostly just want to keep like ranged guys in it and that's mm-hmm. honestly it yeah. um but then they have the new sort of endless spell sort of monster what is this called the uh, uh the in- incarnate yeah i want to do a hero in your army cron cron spine incarnate of Gur. it looks okay yeah it's yeah. a neat model oh uh, the yellow doesn't really do it justice. Well, that, it's it's because it's amber magic. Yeah, so. it's the, the the color of Gur. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, this definitely feels like it could be a little better with a maybe if they if they just brightened up the yellow a bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Now I will say, if that eye and that rune on the skull are painted on and not a post effect, holy crap, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, that's the one part of the kit. Like, the skull looks amazing on yeah. this. Everything else is just kind of, eh, whatever. But, I mean, just like the paint they got in that eye. Yeah. Like it, uh, it whoever, looks like it's glowing. Definitely, whoever painted that, uh, that was that was some skill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see when it releases if it ends up actually being interesting. Uh, we never really done like a campaign or anything in Age of Sigmar, so it could be fun. But yeah, this this is probably this and the the underworld are the most meh things they showed for this entire preview. Ah, uh, see, I think I think Horace Heresy was kind of meh because it's like, hey. You want to play with a bunch of old school short little marines? Well, Here you go. I will say I don't give a shit about Horus Heresy, but that is a bomb ass cinematic. That like, was cool. There were so many holy, titans. 
You don't ever Holy see Titans shit. in video. shit. Literally, my only complaint about that cinematic is I hate how Horace did his voice. He's way too gravelly. It's very hard to understand him, and he sounds very silly, like mustache twirly villain. But A lot of people say it sounds, if you listen to it, it kind of sounds like Henry Cavill in bits of it. That would be really cool. As, not but... as Horace, but as the narrator. Oh. Well, no, that that is Horace, is narrating. Is it? I guess it is. Yeah, because he says, like, oh, I will tear down this empire. Father. Oh, yeah. Ah. But yeah, just just pop up that video and listen to it. It it, it could be. That would be very cool. It would be but, uh, very on brand. I think the way they could have done that was have him start off with a more regal sounding voice because he's supposed to be like the most charismatic of all the Primarchs. Yeah. And then by the end of it, have him doing that angry growly voice when he's on his, his rant against the Emperor. Yeah. But uh, that's literally the only thing I have against that cinematic. Everything else is fucking awesome. That is like the best ground warfare they've ever shown in any Warhammer cinematic, including the ninth edition launch against the Necrons. Mm-hmm. And and, and then, uh, tank action and the, the Titan action. That yeah. shot with the Titans where there's the, the, the sun going down behind them, it, like Apocalypse Now it's style. That so was so cool. I want that as a fucking wallpaper. Like, now, give me that shit in 4K. That is That was amazing. Holy shit. It just made me want to play Titanicus and not Horus Heresy. Yeah, but hey. When I watched I was like, cool, <laughs> Horus Heresy. I want the Titans, and I want rules for those tanks as well with the Titans. Like, yeah. Give me, like, just go full epic. Give me the tank legions to go with the knights. They're releasing armagers now for Titanicus. Just go, just go oh, epic. So you know you want to. Go, go epic. You know you want to, Games Workshop. We'll buy it. They do. Oh, so oh. good. Such a cool cinematic. And then the, but I, the last I could give they, two oh, sh- shits about actual Horus Heresy. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And then they show one more thing that we, we touched on a little bit, and that's the doofiness of Blood Bowl. And uh, mm-hmm. it's the Norse team. Yeah, this is a an old old '90s team that has gotten mm-hmm. no representation since the '90s until now. And, and they're great. Uh, one of the dudes is straight up wearing the Dovakin Skyrim helmet. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> like 100. There's no mistaking that dude is wearing that helmet. Uh, there's yeah. your classic like horned Viking helmets. Everybody's got mead horns or fucking beer mugs. <laughs> yep, they have the. Uh... Oh, I forget what they're called, but they're like the not quite werewolf guys uh, who um, have the claws and the teeth. Uh, what Ulfwars or something like that? They might have given them a new name. I think they were just no. They're yeah. They're just they're still berserkers. Uh, they no berserkers Val- are different ones. Um, brutal yeah, berserkers. Oh, see. even more brutal Ulfwarners. Ah, okay. Oh, that's right. The berserkers were like their blitzers. Yeah, yeah the berserkers um, are blitzers. The Ulfwarners are the dudes who have the wolf cloaks and they're they're fucking um they're. Yeah, sort oh my of. God, what are they called from Space Wolves? Uh, uh, fucking power jorts. What were they called? Shit, Wolfen. I don't. Wolfen. Jesus. <laughs> I like how I had to connect power jorts to Wolfen. <laughs> it's okay. It's understandable. <laughs> uh, but the real, um, the real show stealer is uh the fucking beer pig. <laughs> yeah, the beer pig's great, and <laughs> of course, the one with the helmet is obviously the better one. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there's also a great model of a dude who's just standing on a fucking keg. Just yep. <laughs> uh, and they did add. I don't know if this was part of the original team. They have Valkyries now, who I assume are either going to be the catchers or the throwers of the team. Just yeah, it looks like there's a throwers. A yeah, which uh, that's a good. That's a really solid model. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one always, that's running is amazing looking. Yeah, uh, it. I guess it, they're both. It's a good running. way to show like the Viking aesthetic too, with them, you know, hearkening to back the that. Viking women actually had a place in combat sometimes. It wasn't just, you know, stay-at-home shit, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. And it's it's over uh, the top, but it's see. not over the top in a dumb way. 
one of the guys standing on a rock with an undead head on he's got a skull with a helmet on his base so clearly they're playing yeah. the undead team there's just a lot of very cool little details on each of these and yeah. again it, it, it i just love the guys <laughs> i love the guys with the beer steins these are great oh, yeah. models I yeah. I don't need another Blood Bowl team, but I might be getting another Blood Bowl team. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fun um, models. They're doofy. They're 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 Blood Bowl models. Oh yeah, and this isn't technically part of the Adepticon stream, but they did just release uh, a a preview of Thorson Stoutmead, the star player for their team. Uh, he's just oh, a yeah. big fat drunk Viking who's holding a, a an ale keg like he's going to throw a football. And this is a, a very funny, silly model. It's it's just very Blood Bowl, and I love it so much. But yeah, uh, other than the Blood Bowl team, and well, the only other thing we didn't touch on was they did have a, a Chaos Stirs teaser, which shows some small glimpses of what I'm guessing are going to be upcoming models. It looks like it could be maybe Chaos Possessed or something, but it's it's not really enough to really go into. We just know there's more actual Chaos Marine stuff coming. So yeah. that's fun. Hopefully it's something cool. I'm curious the, on the, the Thorson Stoutman character. I wonder how large he is because it looks like he's on like a 40 millimeter base. He could be. A lot of the star players tend to be a smidge bigger than the actual players. But, um, well, no, it wouldn't be 40 millimeter because all the base sizes are the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, so he's he probably just, looks huge. He's just a chunky boy. Well, no, because the, the Snot Wagon and the Death Roller are on larger bases, aren't they? Yeah, they, well. Actually, I don't know. I guess they would have to be because they're so large, but yeah. uh, and maybe the Zote as well. But like standard Blood Bowl players, star players included, are on the normal, the normal size bases. Yeah, yeah. They did have another preview today though, and it was squats coming back. Which we are recording on April first. We are. It could technically be a joke, but my personal thoughts are that trailer was way too high-produced to be a joke. They're definitely giving us something squat-related. Well, I'm, I'm definitely jumping on that bet with Phil. Yeah. That, our, that there will be Phil. something within the next year that is either a Warhammer Plus show, like an episode of Hammer and Bolter or something, or like a, a short story or comic set with it, or a model of another squat. Yeah. Yeah, our buddy, our buddy Phil, who does all the Necromunda stuff, was adamant that it's nothing. So we're 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 calling him out. We're saying no, it's something. My guess, I don't think they're going to go full army just because they no. want to test the waters and see if people actually want to buy it. Uh, I think they might do like a kill team or maybe a Necromunda gang or something small-ish. But a to kill team would show be great. Us, kill team would probably be perfect for it. Mm -hmm. Kind of show off how they play without necessarily committing to like an entire army or something. Or if they wanted to do an army, maybe do kind of a smaller, more elite kind of thing, like uh, a la Custodians or something like that. Obviously not quite as strong, because they're not, you know, purposefully gene-rot by the Emperor himself or whatever, but it could, or it could be more Or them with Imperial Guard abhumans with Bulgrins and Ratlings. It would be interesting to do that at this point, just because... Uh, that that would be the smoothest transition into it. Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, It'll be interesting. I'm... I'm Excited to see how they bring back chubby space dwarves. Well, uh, uh, from the picture it showed, it, he was in. It, we didn't get a hundred percent full-on shot, but just from the outline, you could tell he's in some kind of like cool dwarven space armor, like power yeah. armor, which uh, is what they originally had back in old Rogue Trader stuff. But it looked very silly and twee, like all, all old Rogue Trader stuff does. So, <laughs> we'll we'll see what the actual final result is if we end up getting minis. When I first started watching that video, I thought it was Battlefleet Gothic. And it, it broke like. my heart because this, they did an April Fool's joke about BFG. I knew it was never coming back. Yup. <laughs> but then I was like, oh good, it was just a squat. 
Yeah, it was just that just even the fact that they're they're joking about squats means they know that people are interested in them again. So well, remember I, they I were joking think... about it years ago with the clock and stuff on the wall too. Yeah, that's true. Videos. And, and we Sisters have... of Battle were a fucking April Fool's joke like six or seven years ago. Yeah, and that's another reason why I think this might be a thing, because like sisters, they've been joking about it for a while, mm-hmm. so it, it could be something real. And they have shown that squats do still exist in 40K yeah. with Necromunda, because we have, uh, what's his name, Grundle Grindelson or whatever, yeah, as the, like the bounty hunter. And then there's the squat ammo jack. Yep. So there's at least two legitimate current 40K models that are squats. So And they're yeah. still in the books. Yeah. Now like they mentioned in, them in, in actual uh, novels. Uh, I think it's is it Eisenhorn or Ravner that, it, that there's one in. Oh, it's a good question. One of those, I, yeah. I I don't remember. I think it's in then, Ravner because I, I think there was an o- as much. I think there was an offhanded mention of them in the Ninth Ed Codex. So oh, interesting. Yeah, like they 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 do exist, mm-hmm. and clearly Games Workshop they do exist. acknowledges that they do exist. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking M&Ms. That commercial is still going. It that, is, that it's was, so old. I love that it. commercial was going when I was a wee lad. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> That, that's been going since I've been able to remember memories. <laughs> that's one of the earliest commercials I do remember. Like, I legitimately remember seeing that on a, a VHS recording of Christmas shit that we had from when I was a really tiny kid. So that's been going for a long time. <laughs> it still holds up. <laughs> yeah. Still, still making royalties good. off of it. Still a good joke. I'm sure Billy West is getting a check every single year for that. Good for him. Good for him. Him and Futurama. But yeah, but, uh, so yeah. squats. Excited to see what they do with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we'll see something with them soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, so I want to do a, a couple of things that we haven't done in a while on our episodes, Andrew. Oh yeah, what's that? One of those being a tool tip. Tool tip? A tool what are we tipping tip. tools with? The, the tool tip uh, is less of a tool, more of a thing, and it's basing. I mean, a tool is a thing, but yes, I appreciate okay, basing. You know what I mean. Look, man, this look, is, it's uh, like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm exhausted, and I'm I'm about to be two beers deep in about Fair three, enough. two, one. Hey, I only have one, but I will be enjoying some water while you drink that. Oh, that was a good swig. Um, yeah, less of a tool and more of a general uh, good hobby practice, I guess. Yeah, so there's a couple of schools of thought to basing. Mm. Uh, one of the big ones is making the base the frame for your model. So doing a high contrast base on your model. The other school of thought is whatever play, or one of the other schools of thought, is whatever kind of play surface, if you've got, you know, a textured table at home, you've got a specific battle mat you use all the time, is basing your stuff to look like that. Do you have a particular style you tend to go with, Andrew? Um, I do tend to try and go with the high contrast, just because I like for my models to pop a little bit more. Uh, like, uh, case in point, my recent Murder Lords, they're black mm-hmm. models with white flames on them and a little bit of red trim the red doesn't really show very much uh so i decided to paint them uh or sorry to base them on uh, martian iron earth texture paint so it looks like they're on cracked red red mars desert so it really is contrasting with the black and white armor because uh, I, I just want everything to pop and everything to be its own thing yep <laughs> uh, and i'm part of the other school of thought on that where i like to base my models on uh, a story or a headcanon behind him. Not saying it doesn't always make a pop, but like my Titanicus, I have based on the same paints as Andrew's because my primary opponent in Titanicus is going to be Andrew. That way when we're playing on a board, which most of our boards tend to be a ruddier color, they look great on it, and one of the armies doesn't look really out of place. That's fair. That's fair. So 
Um, but like uh, all of my 40k stuff, every bit of it is urban based. Uh, it doesn't matter what what faction it is. I've got them on an urban base, be it uh, the Astro Granite style, or even uh, some of them are Sector Mechanicus, or not Sector Mechanicus, Sector Imperialis molded bases, which hmm. are fantastic as well with some Astro Granite on them to just kind of break it up and give it a little more texture. Uh, which looks really good on uh, my Imperial Guard because they're you know that yellowish bluish colors, so that that goes really well on the gray. But then when you get to my Sisters of Battle that are a muted lead belcher silver, they kind of bleed into it. But it also allows me to put all those armies out at once, and it look like a cohesive thing. So that's that's kind of what I go with with my basing. So with my with yeah. mine, I try and do. Uh, well, I don't have nearly as many cohesive armies as you do. I, I'm not like all into the imperial stuff like you yeah, are. So I'm not fair. gonna have I'm not gonna have as much overlap. But even in like specific mm-hmm. armies, um, I can mix it up a bit. So typically, if I'm doing like a big current current example, so like my my cruel boys, they're supposed to be the creepy sneaky guys who are from the swamps. So I'm doing a swamp based on them. I'm doing. Uh, Sterling Battlemire texture paint. Um, And then I wash that with Agrax to dull it down even more and get some shading in the recesses. And I make sure to leave uh, smaller divots around so I can fill those up with a diluted uh, Nurgle's Rot, uh, which is also a technical paint, to give it kind of that very gross green neon-y nuclear kind of look, which I then also dulled down with Agrax Earthshade, so that way, like, little bits of it are kind of peeking out, but it's not the full-blown, like, toxic wasteland like a Nurgle model yeah. would have. Um, and then I, I hit them occasionally with uh, either, um, not Lambia Medium, the other one, Ardcoat. Ardcoat. Uh, hit them with Ardcoat varnish to gloss them up a bit to make them look like water, or I've actually taken to using... Um, acrylic medium like if you're mm-hmm. painting on like a canvas or something because when you do that it dries in a glossy varnish similar to art coat but without costing as much <laughs> and i have a giant tube of it and it's i've had it for years at this point yeah and, uh, uh, that, that that swamp base recipe is fantastic in fact that's the one that i use very similar to it with uh with my soul blight stuff yeah, uh, it's it's not going to be like looking like actual puddles of water, but you know it's a high fantasy swamp. They don't necessarily have to look like proper water, um, but you cut away from that to like my Gloom Spike Gits army. It's a little bit more on the simple side because I'm imagining them being just in like caves and stuff. So they're pretty much just astro granite uh, that's been washed green and brown to dull them down, and then highlighted with dawnstone to just look like rock. Yep. Although uh, when the Gloom Spike Battle Tome finally. Finally, 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 at some goddamn point in the relative future, before the fucking heat death of the universe, when I actually get new rules for my stupid mushroom men, I might go back and get, like, some 3D printed mushrooms or something to put on the bases to give them a little more pop, because, honestly, they're a little drab now that I'm looking at my current bases, because that's something I've definitely... uh, pushed myself to to do in the past year or so is to really increase how good my bases look mm-hmm. um and cutting away from that to like my uh my mega gargants army every single base is different on them because i like all those though. i like all those giants to thank you i like all those giants to feel like they're all from a different walk of life and then they've come together to form this big army so like my um my let me try and remember all my age of sigmar names <laughs> so my gate crack and smacker throw stuffer yeah my my dick stomper mega smasher um 
So my, my Gatebreaker Gargant, he is on like a cool like lava terrain base that I made that has some broken ruins around it. I imagined him just being in like the realm of Akshi, you know, because there is, you know, high fantasy, different realms, a lot of cool stuff. Um, my War Stomper I have in like ancient Sigmarite ruins, but it's a lot more verdant and green. There's actual grass that I got on there. Uh, I got it from, I believe it was Army Painter Grass. Mm. Maybe green stuff world. I don't remember. Thick uh, grass, either it, way. It's probably army painter. That's that's the most common to find. I tend to use um, wasteland tuft is my go-to. It's kind of like a yellowish brownish grass. Yeah, this was the one that was more like flocking, where it was like the the free grass. Oh, like but static I have taken, grass. I've taken to using a lot more of the uh, stick-on pads of grass tufts as well, which are really nice, especially for my swampy bases. Um, my kraken eater. It's of the sea, obviously. I'm going to do sea stuff. That's where I immediately got my uh, my my acrylic medium for the first time, and I, I tried to make, like, wave effects with it, and I tried to paint on top of it and make layers. It came out okay. It's, it could be better if I used, like, actual resin, but just given the tools I had, I'm pretty pleased with it. And I made sure it was, like, overlapping a, another Sigmar statue that I had, so it looks like it's, a, like, a sunken civilization or maybe something he smashed down or mm -hmm. something. And then... Um, each of my Man Crusher Gargants, they all have different bases as well. I have one where it's like a desert. I have one that's like snowy terrain. So I just wanted that one to be kind of a smorgasbord of, of Gargant smashing good times. Yeah, and that's that's the cool part about basing is they can be as complicated or as basic as you want. Like my Skaven army, their bases are kind of a throwback joke, but it's also to pop some contrast onto them. I went old school and did just brown brown painted no texture brown painted bases and then oh, wow. loaded them down with static grass oh yeah it, that's it, true it I... looks like it if you look up close it looks doofy as hell and you can tell it's super old school looking but when it's all together on a field especially on uh, a lot of the greener mats because they're a lot more of that bright yellow green they look great on it but well, that's the, like a lot of your 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 slave rats and your clan rats you just painted them very quickly to be on the board mm -hmm. so having a very quick and dirty basing totally makes sense for them because yeah. you're not putting a shitload of time into each individual little rat that's going to die immediately exactly but I, I did the same basing well i added some other little bits of stuff on like my heroes and things like that um i'm really proud of the uh the fucking assassins jumping off of things those those were fun to build those but, are yeah. good kids oh they were um but yeah so that's the, the cool part about basing is you know Anything can be a basic material. You see some of the guys in our group use sand and Elmer's glue. Uh, I've used Mod Podge before to base stuff. You have the just absolutely staggering amount of texture and technical paint from GW now. Everything from mud-like paints to things that look like rock when they dry. Even crackle paints. Like um, one of the cool bases that I've seen recently that people were doing... Um, Oh, what was her name? I think her name was Ashley, the chick that I played against at um, the Open. She did this cool pink and blue and, like, reddish kind of swirl with an airbrush over all of the bases that she did. Mm. And then she painted one of the crackle paint. Well, I did white glue over it and then did a crackle paint so it would crackle more. And then dry brushed it black. And it looks like this weird magical swirling underneath ground that's coming apart uh was the crackle paint black on its own or did she dry brush it she dry brushed it okay because they have one that's a darker one called morden earth yeah Morden Earth. It's, it's like a really dark brown 
Yeah, that's what I used on my uh, my lava terrain for yeah. my, my gate breaker. And that's another great, you can do that same technique with, you know, reds and yellows and oranges and, and then do that crackle and it looks like lava beneath it. When you, when you dry brush it back black, it really makes it pop. And the trick to using those is what she was talking about, is putting down a thin layer of PVA, white glue, Elmer's glue, whatever you want to call it, down over your paint after it dries. It, it removes a lot of the texture there and kind of smooths it out so that crackle breaks apart a lot more. Yeah, and it's going to dry clear because it's mm-hmm. Elmer's glue. That's exactly. just how it works. I wonder if I you could know. do art code across and get the same effect for way more money. <laughs> way more money. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let me get this, this six-ounce bottle of Elmer's glue or this, like, half an ounce of heart coat for, uh, <laughs> you know, twice the price. Maybe that's so. what I should do instead of uh, using art coat on all the flesh on my Tyranids to make it wet and shiny. Just paint fucking Elmer's glue on it. <laughs> just dunk them in a vat of glue. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old uh, old technique of the, the dip and rip fucking Tyranids that people used to do with varnish back in yeah. the day. There, there's you an old-school painting fucking technique, kiddos. It was people who would literally... Uh, undercoat and zenithal their tyranids and then dunk them in thin down varnish and hang them to dry and it would make the skin look wet and creepy as shit there were entire armies that were just dunk painted i mean it if worked you got over a hundred models to paint and you don't have a lot of time there you go now you got contrast though and now you got from, contrast from a veteran there which uh looking at how many orc boys i have left to paint i might be going full contrasts on it's them a great it's getting... a great tool in the toolbox I'm getting a little lazy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also because I got a lot of orc inventory, do and I don't want them. I don't want them to look gray the entire time. I'm enjoying painting every orc kit except for them. The first twenty were fun. The next forty are not looking that. Your recipe is pretty <laughs> intense for orc skin, though. It's true. I do have. Uh, I do have pretty nuclear green so what, like skin on them. Five or six different layers to build up to it. It, you, it, shut up! <laughs> I'm just saying, like no judgment. No. Amazing. Yeah, no, this was this was me definitely shooting myself in the foot. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome for individual characters, but for boys, oof. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. cut that down to two. <laughs> the, the first clan rat that I painted, I did that too as well. I'm like, I'm not doing this two hundred more fucking times. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> look at the contract. Worse than mine. Yeah, no, I got I got sixty boys and twenty beast snags. I I don't need to do that. But we're off topic with bases. Yeah, but, uh, but with my orcs, with my orcs, I'm basing them in a desert because my first models with this orc army, I went full buggy. I was doing oh, yeah. nothing but a speed wall for a while. So I my first orc model I had other than Gazgol, oof, Gazgol, uh, good kit, good kit. Uh, the first one I had after that was the Boom Daka Snazwagon, which is the Mad Max kit. So I was like, I mean hell i'll just make him go full desert so i did the uh uh agrax no what is it uh a ghrelin oh yeah i think it's called um which is just a, a very nice like crackly desert like it's not quite the full crackle but it's got a lot of texture in it so it looks very sandy um i did that with a lot of bits of um i i, I tend to use a lot of cork uh you mm-hmm. can get rolls of cork or like flat chunks of cork on ebay or amazon or whatever for pretty cheap i got a it's like a five foot roll of it it just comes in like a, it's supposed to be like for like teach like like classrooms and stuff uh but it's just a big roll and i just rip it off as needed and it was like ten dollars online uh and i've been using that for over a year at this point so i just put that on to give it kind of that like um kind of like stacked broken rock look like a lot of deserts get like uh, mesas and plateaus and stuff like that but smaller scale essentially and then i just put that texture paint over it let it dry wash it with the sepia uh seraphim sepia yeah. that uh, is i think that's the most underrated fucking wash that gw has that's a good one that's it's a fantastic really good one. i use it on any any types of uh all my imperial guard all the khaki on them is that yeah. wash and it looks it looks 
great on it. It makes it look real. Anything kind of like a tan color mm-hmm. goes very well yeah. with the, the it doesn't. CPA. It doesn't go well on actual yellows or anything like that, and a lot of uh, greens and stuff, you're a lot better yeah. with Agrax. But anything on the light brown end of the spectrum, even flesh colors look really good with the Sepia on them. Yeah, because like uh, the Reichland Flesh Shade wash mm-hmm. that they sell is very similar to CPA. Yeah, it's, it's just it's tiny... much... Uh, it's a decent bit darker. Yeah, it's, it's a tiny bit darker, but like... They're, they're pretty similar but uh, I'll wash it with the surf from sepia and then I just dry brush Ushapti bone over it and it just looks like desert it's mm-hmm. it feels it's it's feels very like model desert where that, that's one of my things that I'm not super fond of like you know I'm not going to yuck anybody's basing scheme I'm not big on like the glue and sand I just don't think it looks it looks too realistic compared to the model itself given most people's uh, ability to paint to a not realistic level, which I'm not saying I do. It's just, it's 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 like a I don't know. You're putting like too much real world in with your big goofy orcs or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the times, I've noticed a lot of people will use the wrong grit of sand, so they'll yeah, just get sand like that they picked up from like their, yeah from their yard or their driveway or the creek down the hill or something. And it's just like the the bits of sand are way too big. It's like mm-hmm. like scale wise, it's borderline like. I don't know, Riverstone size for your models. So if you're going to do that, make sure to get the super, super fine grit sand like you get for, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, uh, like pet like cages sand, and stuff? Yeah, pet cages, even sandbox sand. Like beach yeah, sand. The, yeah, the super fine stuff that's not very, not terribly hard on the skin or anything if you're if you're doing like artificial sand, essentially. Yeah. The, um, the sand and glue, though, even the bigger grit stuff works well for other things like if you're doing texture it's a really good way to get um a really like rocky or muddy earth texture as well and look really good when you're painting over but yeah just just straight gluing sand to it you know hey to each their own if you like it it's it's your hobby well a good way to do it if you want to mix paint in with it like if you're mixing it with glue or if you if you just glue sand straight to a base if you paint over that then you get that grit but you still get that that just enough of a disconnect from reality to where it feels like it fits in more with your actual model again unless yeah. you can paint up to a realistic standard which the vast vast majority of us cannot so here's uh, a here's a question for you Andrew do hmm. you paint your bases while they're attached to models or do you pop them off to paint the bases or does it just it's, depend for you depends on the model most of the time i actually paint the bases separately because i'm very bad about uh getting the texture paint or whatever i'm using on the feet or treads or whatever of the models i'm using unless i'm specifically going for that and i hate spending a long time painting orcs boots or something just to accidentally cover half of the shoe and texture paint wipe it off and then have to do it again uh the only problem with that is you're gluing paint to paint when that happens. Yep. So what I end up having to do is kind of like measuring out the foot and going back and very, very gently scraping scrape. the area with a little uh, like ceramic tool I have. That's It's kind of the equivalent of like a dentist's scraping tool, but just flattened. Oh, you're uh, not one of the sociopaths who pins every model to a base? I have done that several times, uh, and I'm going to have to do If I was doing really nice resin bases, I probably would. I'm going to have to do that with a couple of my Necromunda models. I keep having a few that pop off just no matter what I do. Because Necromunda uh, loves to attach one toe to a base. Oh my god, do they? Like my my Juves with the Eviscerator model, they have a half of a foot, and that is the only contact point that they have for that I'm sorry, have you seen all of the jumping Eschers that are literally on their tiptoes? It's like Harlequins, man. I'm not saying there aren't models that are worse. I'm just bitching about my stuff. Fair (laughs) enough. They also have to do like 400 of the bastards. 
Oh my god, I always pick horde armies. Yeah, um, I, uh, I tend to do my bases after the models already glued onto them. Um, yeah, and I'll I'll do the basing after because I a lot of the basing that I do is softer basing. So especially like muds and swamps and things like that, because I want it to look like they're walking in it, not just on top of it. Right. And that makes sense for that kind of base. But if I'm doing like a hard coat kind of thing, like a, uh, a, a granite, like, you know, the Astro granite. So it looks yeah. like, uh, so it looks like, like tarmac or something, then I don't really want that. But that's fair. Yeah. If I, if I get uh, a little yeah. on the boots there, uh, as long as I can get the grit off of it, sometimes I'll just go in and kind of touch it up a little bit. So it just looks like there's, um, concrete dust on boots. And I'm that, okay that makes with total that. sense. Yeah. Uh, and like with my cruel boys, yeah. I, I definitely make sure to get mud on their feet because that yep. just makes sense. They're swamp orcs. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I, I love all of my stuff to look lived in. Like I don't like the parade ground perfectly clean space marines in the fight. Because it looks weird to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Unless your entire army is doing that. Yeah. It, it, you, if you're going to do that, it generally needs consistency unless you're doing right. like a very one-off hero model or something. Right. Like uh, I was when I was at the GW store chat with Brian, that was one of the things we were talking about is like to weather or not to weather. Yeah. And I I enjoy the weathering because it, it, it feels more real to me. Uh, I am a I'm, weathering fiend. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I much more enjoy the, the muted palettes with pops of color. As opposed to, like, I don't like as much uh, the super edge highlighty pop art comic-y style stuff. Yeah. If that makes that's sense. A, that's become a pretty big thing recently. Yeah. Like, uh, like, modern heavy metal team stuff has been very edge highlight heavy. Mm-hmm. And which, very OSL heavy. Yes. Which I am... Which has uh, its place. I'm so-so at OSL painting. I'm, I'm okay at it. I definitely don't want to do it to every model that I can do it with, though, because, boy, is that a pain. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I uh, teach their own with their painting styles though, and then same with the basing. Yeah, because like if you look at how Games Workshop does their bases, they tend to be very flat, very simple, and then yep. there's just a couple of grass tufts here and there just to show off the model more. But uh, there's plenty of people who go to uh, recasters or like 3D modelers or something mm-hmm. who make their own like spe- I don't know why I said recasters, yeah, just casters, casters yeah. in general who make their own like resin bases and you can get really crazy over the top terrain stuff, which uh, can feel a bit much. But um, the only time I've really ever done that personally was with my lady Olinder model Mm -hmm. where that stupid model with its one point of contact for such a frail little thing. So I had to get my own base, which uh, was a pretty interesting one that I found, which was like a, a cracked Rocky terrain that was just like each crack was just filled with skulls and it felt like what other one you just put a bajillion fucking skulls on no it came with a bajillion oh, it came with skulls. that many skulls oh man yeah. for some reason i thought you just bought the box of skulls and just went to fucking town god no i did buy the <laughs> box of skulls but i i just used that for a skull here and there on like my orcs and stuff um but uh, it was a resin one it came with the skulls uh the only thing i did with that was i actually bought a bit of the games workshop Oh gosh, what was it called? The Mage Wraith Throne or something like that in a, sure. an older older Warhammer fantasy kit. Uh, and I just cut that up and just made it look like broken terrain. And then I could attach some of the Linder's uh, like trailing tendrils of ghostliness onto them to give her three points of contact to the base <laughs> instead of one. one. So she wouldn't break if a stiff breeze came by. So uh, that one was a both uh, uh, aesthetic and tactical choice in terms of basing. Yeah, so, the, yeah the, the, the just amount of stuff out there for basing for different styles of bases like 
you can find almost any style of base you'd want cast in resin. Uh, we're G- definitely in the, oh, we're, we're definitely in the golden age of it too. Oh like, yeah, yeah. If you go back 10, 15 years, basing options were pretty limited. But nowadays, there are so many companies that make their own like three D printed bases, mm-hmm. or at least design their own STLs. If you want to be even a 3D even printer. GW has um, multiple lines of plastic bases now. Yeah. Like, not just their, their normal, weird, black, slightly textured bases, but, like, honest to God, Sector Mechanicus, Sector Imperialis, there's the Necromunda ones, there's the Shattered Legion ones. They even released that uh that hero bases thing for a bit that were, like, a fucking tank turret and, like, stairs and stuff like that to put your hero models on. That was cool. Yeah, which, a little too expensive for what they give you, but really cool idea. I wish they would uh, go a little further with that for a better price. Yeah, but it, it matches in-universe. Exactly. Like, that's what's great about that. And if you look at the um, Sector Imperialis stuff, if you look at those and you look at their old urban realm of battle boards, you can literally see those spots from bases like they took and they pick spots out of that and put them on bases. Same with the Sector Mechanicus stuff. I did not realize that. Yeah, it's really neat. So, like, uh, there'll be, like, a broken piece of sidewalk with, like, a shattered Akilla on it. And you can look up the realm of battle board and be like, oh, shit, that's right here in this corner. Neat. So I wonder if that was, like, direct designs where they're like, we're going to take that part and make it a base, or if they were able to go to, like, their their 3D image of it and go, we're just going to kind of cut this in a circle, and that's just going to be a base. Yeah, who knows? But either way, they look so, great. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, like I, I said, I, I add a little bit the, of Astro Granite on them to give them a little bit more texture than they've got, you know, to make it look like it's not just a flat board. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I definitely really like the Necromunda bases, just the, the built-in... It's it's not an, a very overdone base, but I it, it wish definitely there was gives more you variety. That's definitely true. There are only like four bases. Yeah. That's that's my only real complaint with them. But I do really like the just like slice of life. This is a high floor. Mm. It you know, there's like, you know, drains and like cool like catwalk designs on them. Well, a couple of bits mm. of like diamond pattern steel kind of stuff. A couple of like bulkheads where it's like it, it oh, lets you play like with a, a bunch of different textures. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I tend to go a little freehandy on them. Most of my, my Cawdor have a lot of, uh, like, caution stripes and stuff mm. on them because I was kind of thinking of them as, like, a, a hanger or something like that. Or maybe they're near an edge <laughs> and they don't want to fall off, which uh, that edge. happens a lot in Necromunda. Uh, and then I would put, like, around drains, I would put a little little dab of Nurgle's Rot to make it look like some nuclear goo or something. So those, those are really good to lend, lending themselves to either, like, very pristine, clean metal bases or, like, really rusty, dingy... Like, you can go pretty wild with those, and I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's also a whole lot of options for cool, like, foliage bases and stuff. Everything from, like, a billion different colors and shapes of grass tufts and plants and, like, lichen and things. Green Stuff World has released a set of, like, fluorescent alien-looking tufts and plants, which is really cool. But one of the greatest things I've seen is a leaf punch. Have you seen these is things? It... I'm... I think I have. It's it's, it's, it's a, like a, it's a little sheet of hole puncher. It's a sheet of paper, or no, a hole puncher that you just punch your own paper leaves out. No, of, you, right? you actually punch dried leaves with them. Oh wow! To get the actual to texture. get the actual texture of leaves, and it just punches these itty bitty ass little leaves out of it. You just pop, 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 and it just tons of little leaves. Hmm. Uh, if you're going to do that, make sure your leaves are very dead and very dry. Otherwise, they're going to rot or potentially get bugs or something. I think they were initially meant to be done on, like, fake leaves. 
But I most I, of the time I, I thought, see them, it's people doing them just fucking like super dry leaves. My thought would just be like paper, and then you just paint it the right color and gloss varnish it or something yeah. to get the get it where they stay hard. But yeah, what? all right. I've got one more question about basing before we move on, Andrew. All right. What color do you paint your base rims? Uh, black, as Good, God intended. Because that's the only answer there should ever be. I, I've heard the argument that a lot of people use their base rims as like the frame for the model. Like it's yeah. like you say the base is the frame for the model and the rim is the frame for the base. I think black is just, it, it goes with everything. I was about to say, you, you know what color picture frame works great with every picture? Black. Black. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 nobody can argue with you if your rims are black on your, on your bases. If you, I'm not against the idea of someone painting their rims goblin green or something if you want to go with a retro if, vibe. If you're, yeah, if you're going with a retro vibe, go for it. Hell, paint them fluorescent pink. I don't care as long as it goes well with the model. Exactly. But, but in general, if when in doubt, paint them black. That's right. You can pick any color you want as long as it's black. As long as it's black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, the black rims. And it's always the very last thing I do on a model, and it feels like I'm just taking that victory lap, you know? That's what I call yep. it is the victory lap on the model. That's when it's done. Well, Always the last thing where I'm like, ah, there's so much paint on these rims, but now, now they can get one good black coat. And man, it looks sharp when they're like that too. Yeah, no, it's, it's so, so gratifying to get that last little brush stroke. But, uh, Uh, I think that's probably going to be it for uh, episode 12. It's a little long. It's not Necromunda episode long, which God help us. If we ever have that, if we have another one that long again, then, uh, we will warn you in advance. Very right. We're either doing something very right or very wrong. We're not sure yeah. which. And uh, remember, it's tomorrow for us, but it will be in the past for all of you. Uh, Andrew and I are, as long as nothing crazy happens, going to the Nova Open. Gonna yes, tickets, hit tickets up, go hit on up sale tomorrow. Yep, at noontime. We will see uh, see what tickets they have. I don't know if they have a VIP special like Adepticon does. I'm going to try and go Might. for it. Yeah, they have the... Uh, yeah, but... uh, is, it the is the Vig Bag Adepticon or is that Nova? I think that's Adepticon, but we'll okay. we'll see the options tomorrow. We will, we're we we are uh, we are Nova Virgins. We have never been before, so we are we'll the uh, the goal is to get into the uh, the Sigmar team tournament at least, right? Yes, that would be fun. Yeah. I think that's I, th- I think we'd have a blast. thing though. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. like Saturday or Friday. Yeah, and then they have the actual multiple day age Sigmar tournament. So we, mm-hmm. we'll see what we have. They have a lot of options. Yeah, I, I'll probably just do one, maybe two events, and then just do pickup games and just hang out with folks. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm very drunk I'm, one day. Yeah, the the Sigmar tournaments tend to be shorter than the 40k ones, so mm-hmm. if we do that for like two days and just hang out for the rest, you know, just play pickup yeah. games with our buds on the uh, the Badcast Discord or something, sounds like exactly. a good time to me. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll have a Patreon going before then too. Yeah, <laughs> listeners, if you want to give us extra money, let us know, and then also let us know what you would expect from a Patreon. We're kind of clueless, but hey, we'll see. Yeah, we don't really know what to do for a Patreon. Uh, if you like what we do and we'll give us money and we'll see about doing more talking on the internet box. Yeah. Who knows? I guess we could just talk about random stuff on a Patreon. Yeah. But what's what's your that, favorite no barbecue idea. sauce? <laughs> we'll send you a fucking dice like I sticker for every month. You subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> Here's your 12 <laughs> stickers for the year. Go do cool crimes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. But dude. seriously, come find us at Nova. I'll give you a sticker. But I uh, believe that's going to be our show for tonight. Andrew, what kind of word of advice you want to leave these kiddos on? Uh, Don't wash your chicken. It increases the chances of spreading salmonella throughout your kitchen.
That's actually true, kids. Uh, the splash of the water will actually splash it around, so don't wash it. The paper towel dry if you really got to do it, but it's packaged fine. You don't have to really clean it down. Unless you yep, killed the you chicken just, yourself, you... in which case, don't wash it in your kitchen sink. Yep. And on that note, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under Dice Like Ice Podcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show. It's over. Go home. Go.